0: hello internet you're listening to Genius Cast with Scott and Mike. I'm Scott. Mike is at his 900th wedding of the year. He is not here today but in to talk death matches with me is the great Ian Terry. Ian, how you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I'm really excited to talk about some uh, DMs uh, probably one of my favorite topics actually.
0: Yeah. um, Before we go any further, I will warn everybody: uh, if you have not, if you're not caught up with the genius, there will be some spoilers. Uh, I'm not sure how major they'll be, um, but uh, we will be talking about all the death matches through all four seasons. So it's quite possible we'll be talking names and we'll be talking who's winning them and who's losing them. So if you've not watched, it's
1: almost definite that there's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't watched them all, turn back now.
0: Yes. Turn back now. Uh, and Ian, uh, before we continue, as long as I have you on the podcast here, now, I never saw your season of Big Brother. I got to admit, I started watching last season, but a lot of people have compared uh, the the new winner of Big Brother to you, uh, Steve Moses. And uh, like, I get that you guys are both uh, kind of nerdy, but uh, do you think that's a fair comparison?
1: Uh, yeah, I actually do. I do think it's a fair comparison a lot, really. Um, You know, both young male engineering students with glasses um, playing a <laughs> largely social game. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, if I ever go back and watch uh, old seasons of big brother and uh, I do not have time for that right now, but in, like maybe in like wow. 18 years when, uh, when my daughter is off to college uh, I'll have time and then, <laughs> then we can talk all about big brother 14, but uh, all right. Yeah. So. I
1: mean uh, like uh, just to, just to frame it uh, basically uh, season 14 uh, is like uh, if uh, Kyung Hoon somehow were to win season four, it's it's actually a little bit like that. I like to think so anyway. That's what I tell myself.
0: So you're you're like the Kyung Hoon of Big Brother.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, really regarded as like a complete buffoon uh, at the uh, early stages, and then just ramps it up at the end.
0: All right, well, there there you go. Um, that's uh, I don't know how many how many uh, death matches or like eliminations yeah. you were up for throughout the season, but. Um, I
1: I feel like there's probably like a a large contingent of people just like uh, heating up their pitchforks now for me for saying that. But I actually do kind of like that comparison.
0: Well, I'm sure Kyung Hoon is flattered, too, because we found out on Twitter recently that he's actually a big fan of yours.
1: Uh, I found that hilarious and I was really honored, actually. Uh, I think there was quite a lot of hilarity on Monday morning to wake up to that tweet from him and uh, pretty good. Uh, Good mutual fanboying
0: there. Yeah, that's great. Um, also, before we continue, uh, I want to I want to do a quick plug now, and I'm sure we'll talk about this later on. But I have a Kickstarter going right now. If you enjoyed watching Monorail and the black and white game on the Genius, I have uh, I've got a Kickstarter going. It's only for a few more days. So if you want to get your copies of these card games, now is the time to act. Go to the slash games. That's T.H.E. Don't forget the the T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T-S-C-O-T-T.com slash games. Uh, Monorail, uh, the the version of that I'm doing is called Racing Stripe. It's a little bit different, but you can play the original Monorail with it. The black and white game has been designed. uh, It's also a little different. You can play the original game with it, but it's been designed so the cards are self-reading, so you don't need Dealer Nuna. You can play it with just two players. Really great games, and if you don't get in on it right now, you're going to miss your chance. The Kickstarter is going to end in just a few days. Uh, It ends on October 5th or 6th, so get in there now. It's only $25 for both games uh, shipped right to your house, so so make sure you get on there and sign up for that right away um all right so ian should we get started yeah let's get going all right so we're going to start uh we're going to break this down we're going to start by talking about the different games that have been played as death matches throughout the series uh with an eye on uh, how they played on the game and whether they're worth playing at home and if so how you would play them at home some of these games have commercially available versions that you can play and then later on we're going to break down the best and the worst of all the death matches. Um, So we should start with the very first death match we ever had. Episode one of season one, the death match was called Jinho decides who gets eliminated.
1: (laughs) Basically, right?
0: I mean, so it's the winning streak game. This is our introduction to death matches. And, you know, it's really a a very weak death match to start the series. I mean, if you didn't have the the Garnet heist, um, there's some, there's some real problems with this episode as a pilot.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I actually think this is quite possibly the worst of all of them <laughs> uh, ever actually. Yeah. Um in fact, I think one of the weakest things about that first season that's like that that hump that really is going to hinder I think a lot of people that are skeptical from really like buying in is that uh the first two death matches are pretty weak. Um now that's not to say that the second one we'll be talking to about uh talking about is actually really bad but it's really just something that you're not going to be able to get. And I really didn't appreciate it until it was replayed in season
0: four. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, season four, you saw just the absolute destruction and the mastery of Tech ignoring. I mean, we'll get to that in a moment. But yeah, Winning Street yeah. Game is, is definitely one of the worst. The premise of Winning Street Game is that you play each of the other contestants one time in rock paper scissors you can talk to them ahead of time so players can conspire that they'd like to uh help or hurt uh whichever of the two deathmatch competitors they'd like and it it the way that it's probably a cultural thing but but both players uh i think every time we've seen this both players have gone to all the other the other players and told them what they're going to throw and just basically ask for mercy um so there's not a lot more strategy to it now there could yeah. be There could be because rock, paper, scissors is a leveling game. So if there is a player uh, for whom you're unsure if they're going to help you or they're trying to trick you, um, there's a way to throw something different than what you've promised to test them with very little risk to yourself. So for example, let's say that um, you, you tell everyone you're going to be throwing rock each time and the people who are, who you trust are going to help you are going to throw scissors. So you'll beat them. But if there's someone who you think might hurt you, uh, that person is going to throw paper and they're going to try to stop you by throwing paper. So,
1: so then you – now, if I'm understanding correctly, if it's a tie, you just play it again. You play right? it
0: again. So, right, you play it again. So
1: there's really right. – I mean, you just throw out paper and, you know, unless they're – Well, no, no, you, you, you can't
0: like... throw paper because the the people who are going to let you win are throwing scissors. So in that case, you throw scissors. You throw scissors, you'll beat the bet, people who are trying to beat you, and the people yeah. who are on your side, you'll tie with them. Now, you can't do that more yeah. than once or maybe twice. Right. People yeah. will catch on to it. But right, so if if there is a situation Sorry about where...
1: that, I. <laughs> I yeah. completely misread the scenario entirely. I thought I, that it was something else.
0: That is how Ian Terry was the first person eliminated from the American version of The Genius.
1: Jesus Christ. Can no, I think it's so Jun
0: Seok. It's pronounced Jun Seok. Uh, make make a note of it. Jun Seok. Yeah. Um so uh yeah, so that's the strategy for I mean to to the extent there is strategy. It's a social game. It's a vote someone out game. And I kind of wonder because this was the death match in the first two uh, episodes of the genius had they thought this would just be the death match every single time like was this the idea that was actually like,
1: something that actually really worried me uh going through especially once we hit the fifth episode and it came up again i literally thought there were only two death matches and neither of which were particularly compelling
0: yeah i mean raise your hand if like when you told friends to watch the genius you were like don't worry about the death matches they eventually don't suck
1: i'm uh i'm raising my hand right now
0: <laughs> yeah yeah we we could we could hear it um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a problem. It comes up so early. I mean, in the first episode of the, of the genius, we're not ready for laser chess, but right. No, that's true. We could be playing Indian poker in the first game.
1: Uh, yeah. And I honestly, I feel like that is the strongest of the season one death matches. And it kind of makes me wonder why we didn't see that open with that or something like that. I mean, to be honest, winning streak, I guess in the first one, fine, but it's by the time that we're in episode five and we've only seen two distinct death matches that it's really an issue.
0: Well, and in episode five, they even brought back eliminated players to compete. So, uh, like I understand that you want, you want to have these people coming back, but, um, you know, it's, it's just, you're giving too much power to to people who are eliminated at the wrong part of the game. Like it makes sense to me in the final two that, you know, you need people's help to get your snow globes or whatever, but it seemed super arbitrary uh, in episode yeah. five when they brought when they brought the game back.
1: Yep, I, I completely agree. I, I really just kind of fast-forwarded through that one.
0: Yeah, so, um, the, you know, the winning streak game is not great, and I, I figure, like, the main matches are almost certainly all planned out ahead of time. Uh, the main matches like, the fact that Middle Race was played twice in season three tells me that they're not changing up their main matches on the fly. Because if you are, if you have a flexible main match schedule, there's no way that you're, you're doing middle race two, but with death matches, it does feel kind of like they're going, "Mm, that's not working like Indian poker. That was good. Do that more. Do that a couple more times this season.
1: You know, I actually, I don't think that that's the case. I really don't. And um, I really think that, I don't think it ever was the case, and I do believe that that was like an accusation that was thrown. I mean, it's thrown around with Survivor, Big Brother all the time that they change the order of these comps, um, and they're adamant that they don't. Um, and then I one thing I really like about the Genius is that uh, after Season 2 when there were accusations that this was going on, they just eliminated it all together, and then they introduced the uh, sealed envelope locked in the cage.
0: Well, I don't think they're changing up the death match like during the the time of the main match. I don't think during the main match they're like, uh "Oh, Jinho's in this death match." Like, bring out the poker game. But I I I do feel like you know after after the third time they ran winning streak, they're like, yeah, and they ran Indian poker, and that was good. And they said, "All right." Plug that in for this episode and this episode too, because because we like this game. So I don't think they're they're trying to like influence outcomes of episodes or trying to save certain players or whatever. But um, I, I think it's conceivable that like they have production meetings midway through the season and they say, all right, stop doing this game. This game's bad. I mean, the end of winning streaks sort of coincides with when the first episode probably aired, because uh, unlike Survivor, um, the episodes uh, are aired. Not, they're not all taped uh, ahead of time before the first episode airs. They're they're broadcasting while they're still taping. They tape once a week and they're usually about 5 or 6 weeks ahead so you you think maybe like winning streak 1 came on and they were like hmm let's let's cut this game let's not do it again.
1: Yeah, I mean true, but at that point they'd also already played it 3 times.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. So, well, I mean they can't edit it out, but we never saw it again after that, I don't think.
1: That's true. That's true
0: we saw we saw sort of like i mean it's you see the evolution I mean, of like indian poker because that becomes indian holdem and but like with winning streak they don't have like the the next winning streak game but we do see the the next versions of rock paper scissors we see sun moon star we see betting rock paper scissors so eventually like this this idea they have that like we should have the players play rock paper scissors against everybody it develops into something more compelling but this is this is a total false start
1: yeah it is not good
0: so this is a game that I would recommend you not play at home. Uh, there's no commercially available version of it, uh, although maybe my next Kickstarter will be for a rock, paper, scissors set. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, the, uh, don't, don't play this with your friends. Um, yeah, maybe I mean, maybe I, people who aren't your friends, but definitely not your yeah,
1: friends. Yeah, all I can see this leading to if you try to play it with your friends is just some, like, some sort of really bad argument. Um, it, it's not, not really going to be pleasurable.
0: Well, it takes 13 people to play this game. I think anybody who wants to play this game socially does not have 12 friends to do it.
1: Oh, excellent point.
0: So let's move on. Uh, the second death match we see in the series is tactical. You, Nori. Now, you don't <laughs> like this game. I like this game more than most people, but I, I still don't I, think I, it's great.
1: I actually don't mind it now, right? Um, but when I when I watched season one the first time, I was not a fan. Um, I liked it better than winning streaks, certainly. But I mean, you know, as a Westerner who's never seen yet Nori before, doesn't didn't really speak to me. Now in season four, when I saw it, now I finally have like more of a feel for it. Yeah, I actually liked it. Would say it was like middle tier. I did certainly agree with its place uh, on the list of season four death matches.
0: It's um. Yeah, it it did belong on that list. Like it's a it's a leveling match, right? The the reason mm-hmm. that it's it's hard for for American viewers and and I'm sure most other uh English speaking viewers of the show uh is is just that Utnori is a game that's so foreign us. I mean, if it were like tactical Yahtzee, that probably makes more sense to a lot of people or tactical craps or what which I guess is what God's Judgment was in season 2. That was basically like pick the numbers you'd like to roll and then keep rolling them if you're saying them, but uh you know, like it just, the the setup of the game uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense to because I've never played Unori before. I presume you had never yeah. played Unori before. I had never played it.
1: No, I have not played it since, obviously. Um, the first time that I saw it, the game it reminded me of was some game that uh, my grandparents and their friends play in Florida. I guess it's like an old person game called Joker, where you're kind of like moving pegs around a board and like you want to hit other people's pegs by playing cards or something like that. So it kind of reminded me of that, and uh, I guess
0: are your grandparents playing Pop-O-Matic Trouble?
1: It is not Pop-O-Matic Trouble. It, it's some game where there's like it uses six standard decks of playing cards. So it actually removes. I mean, I guess you could count, but I mean, it's. I mean, how useful is that really going to be? But I mean. It's some weird card game. There is strategy involved. I played it. It's a decent game, but, you know, it's not anything super compelling. But I guess it kind of reminds me that with the leveling war bonus added in. But eventually the way that I just, like, kind of got used to it by the last time it was played in Season 1 was, if I'm remembering things right, basically you're moving your piece however many blank um, sticks come up, unless it's all five are marked, in which that's you move all. You move five spaces.
0: All four sticks are marked, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, okay. They yeah. That makes that makes more sense. I mean, but the game itself as a leveling war, right? Like with rock, paper, yeah. scissors, a sense, I, I'm guessing maybe the producers thought that like they'd just be playing rock, paper, scissors. There'd be more of a leveling war to it there. Um, but playing a leveling war against the other players who aren't in the death match is less interesting than the leveling war between the two players who are in the death match. You know, that's what we want to see, and that's right. again, if you if you are, if the the game of Utenori is is more fluidly understood by you, uh, then that that probably is a lot more compelling as television. But when you're you have no idea what Utenori is, then it's it's not as great. And this game is is fine, and and yeah, this like is a game. It. You you can pick up a Utenori set. Um, you can get them on Amazon. Uh, and and the regular Utenori is a luck game where you're rolling. The st- you're essentially rolling the sticks. Um, you can make it into a tactical Utenori set by taking sheets of paper, if you like, and marking, uh, you know, taking four that you mark and four that you don't, um, you could like roll up post-it notes and do this or whatever. And you just throw out the two that you want and your opponent throws out the two that they want on your turn and, and you can uh, play it that way. So, um, not, there's no commercially available tactical Ute Nori, but you can get Ute Nori and you can make your own like, like permanently marked or unmarked Ute sticks.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, uh, as I understand it, the typical way that this would be done is printing out a Ute board and then using popsicle sticks. Uh, with there, there you go. Perfect. That's on there. Um, Much better that idea. That being said, that being said, um, you know, not one that I'm really racing to play with my friends uh, by any stretch of the imagination. The other grape that I want to bring out about this game is that we've seen it played uh, exactly four times, uh, if I'm counting things right. And I believe that two of those times it's been ended because somebody inadvertently threw out the wrong stick.
0: All right. I mean, that's fine. That's you know that's their problem, yep. I guess, at the mean, end of day of taping. True.
1: But, but that's true. And I mean, I guess that is something. Like, don't make mistakes in doing that. Um, and then we actually noticed in Season 4 how... Actually, in Season 4, every single game had either some sort of rule or aesthetic change except for black and white. Um, and in Tactically at Nori, that change was that there was actually a little guide uh, printed on the table next to each pair so that they could point to exactly, like, what setup of sticks they were to throw out so that there could be absolutely no confusion over what was supposed to happen.
0: That's, you know, I, I had forgotten about that, but you're right, and that's that's a nice touch to it, so... Um, yep. Good job by the producers. Yeah, I mean, and and th- in season four, like the game is notable from the way that Dongmin um, and to a lesser extent, yeah. Doctor Yonsong just dominated the gamers Ho and and Yoan And
1: yeah, uh, it was really something.
0: Yeah, very impressive, and one of those things that later in the season, for the people who were um you know who were saying well maybe Dongmin's not that great, he's not eh, he's I mean there's there's a big piece of evidence that you know he's he's just got this beautiful mind for leveling wars.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's really, really great at those, uh, obviously.
0: Yeah, uh, and as we'll, as we'll get to later, he's really great at pretty much everything. Even the one thing he's lost, he's won at. So, um, yeah, so that's tactical, Ute Nori. Uh, the next game is something we see for the first time here, and it will change and, and develop throughout the seasons. Indian poker.
1: <sighs> Top-tier death match right there. I mean, this is one where it's like, why were we not seeing this in the first five episodes?
0: Yeah, my, my qualm with it is just the, the tiny number of chips and mm-hmm. the, the rule for tied hands. Because in Indian poker, you get, you get your, your card. There's In the original version, there's 20 cards in the deck, two of each value, two of each rank. And you hold the card up to your forehead, and your opponent can see it, and you can't. And uh, if, you, if you happen to fold a 10, uh, what's the, what was the penalty? 10 chips? 10
1: chips, right? yep. Yep, 10 chips.
0: So and, and also, in regular poker, in any kind of game you play at a casino... If the hand ends in a tie, then the the pot is split up amongst the players who remain in the hand who tied for it. Uh, however, in in Indian poker, um, there, there's no chopping the pot. You simply get dealt a new hand, and the money stays in the pot. Which, uh, as we saw in season two with a, with the very similar Indian Hold'em, uh, it just becomes a crapshoot. I mean, one, you know, there, there are situations where you know your opponent. Uh, your, your opponent and you each know the other has the the lowest hand possible, and when that happens, all the all the chips are going to get in, and now you're just flipping a coin for who's going to win the death match. So, in application, that's a huge problem with this death match.
1: I agree, and that is my one issue with it. However, that being said, I do like it a lot better than pretty much uh, all the season one ones, except for uh, except for Duel Hap, which we'll get to.
0: Yeah. Um, now uh, the the thing about Indian poker, so the the gimmick to Indian poker is that you're holding a card on your forehead, but you could have the exact same game without the card on forehead if you just deal one card to each player face down and the lowest card wins. It's the same basic game. I mean, it's the exact same game. You're just not holding a card on your forehead.
1: Yeah, um, I, I know, but I, I like the touch of it. I think it's actually it it makes it more exciting or something
0: like that. Well, so like Indian poker that you play with multiple people, right? The reason that the, the, the putting the card on your head is so interesting is because all the players, but you know what you have, right? Uh, when you're playing heads up, th- there's no real it doesn't difference.
1: Really matter, right? Card.
0: Yeah. right. 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 So you kind of lose the, you lose what makes it so interesting to have the card on the forehead. I mean, it's neat for TV purposes to have the card on the forehead. Um, and you get some really cool reveals where the, the shot pans out and you finally see what the person has. But uh it i mean not super necessary so if you want to play it at home take a deck of playing cards take some poker chips or take a stack of pennies or whatever and uh and you can do this one um so uh pretty 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 basic death match and that's part of why it's so great mm-hmm. i agree next next up we have the image game
1: <laughs> yeah. or as i or as i call it the uh how many people can i get to help me cheat game <laughs>
0: yeah this this game was horrible. This was uh, this was one of the worst. This is on my list of uh, to discuss when we talk mm-hmm. about what was the worst death match later on. Um, it's in the
1: mix for sure.
0: It's based on the card game Dixit, uh, which which is commercially available. D I X I T. And before we, I, I forget. I want to thank uh, the user chaotic underscore iak on the Reddit Genius group. Reddit slash uh, reddit.com slash r slash the genius who posted a full list of these, and I, I had a lot of these, but uh, this filled in some of the gaps as far as uh, games that are, are available commercially, um, is that uh, Dixit is a game that that plays basically the same way where um, you have to tell a, a short story or use a word about a card that you're playing, and other players choose cards that are similar and you want people to pick your card and not the other players' cards. Uh, so, and And if too many people get your card, then that's bad, and if too few people get it, that's bad. Again, the big difference here, um, as with a lot of these death matches, is that on the Genius, it's it's one-on-one, but the other players who are who are betting are, don't have a chance to win or lose the game, so they can get behind one of those, those two players. Yeah. If you're playing Dixit, the card game, everyone who's playing is playing for themselves.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I really wonder here is if the producers actually anticipated this to be more similar to Dixit, you know, how that game actually plays. Or if the you know it really was just intended to be completely political one hundred percent may as well have played winning streak,
0: right, 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 basically, and we see the same thing eventually with uh, with the other version of Indian poker this season, which we might as well just address now, where we have two players it uh, was it Jin and Yunji, was that it Yep, it was. and and the other three players uh sungyu sangman and Kyungran get to, to tell each player what they should do, and that one just becomes a question of, like, which of the players uh, playing the game has two supporters, and that's it.
1: Yeah, that was not uh, that was not interesting at all.
0: No, that was terrible. I'm, I'm going to add that to my list of worst because I forgotten about it. Indian poker, poker, UNG rules.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah major great bad. there. I mean, obviously, as a really big fan of... That uh, that's not the way I wanted to see her go. Um, though I will say I did like the um, three-eyed smiley face shirt in that episode. I will say that
0: was she your QT three point one four of season one? She absolutely was. All right, A strong take. Uh, I think Sungyu would uh, would disagree, but uh, <laughs> that's why that's why we discuss these things. It's okay to have our differences. That's absolutely fine. so. Um, yes. So anyway, back to the image game. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the producers expected. Uh, this doesn't show up again, so they certainly didn't like what happened with it. There's no further development of the image game in future seasons. So we, we I, mean, I have to presume that they liked it about as much as we did. But if you want to try a better version of the image game, the game is called Dixit, D-I-X-I-T. And you can find that um, at many fine retailers and also many lousy retailers also carry it.
1: Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. If I ever were to play Dixit, I'm probably um, going to try to manipulate everyone into helping me and just see if the other players don't cotton on to the fact <laughs> that I'm basically saying the same thing to everyone.
0: So uh, <laughs> alliance building in the children's card games. I like it. Yep. Same picture hunt, which uh, eventually gets good, but not this time. Well, I wouldn't say good. but
1: it... I don't know. I thought this was pretty quality.
0: It's It's very exciting to watch. Um, But the advantage you have... So, again, in this game, there are 16 tiles... Um, and uh, players, uh, each one has a, a symbol behind it. The symbols are somewhat similar, so it's hard to keep track of what's where. It takes a, a truly genius-like mind, as Jin Ho might say, to keep track of of which symbols are where. And the players uh, have to uh, every time they get one wrong, their tile moves backwards on like a conveyor belt. And if you move back too many times, you're gonna fall off the the conveyor belt. Every time you're right, you move forward a space, so you can win either by advancing all the way to the to the finish line or by your opponent falling off their conveyor belt. And the way that this game is set up there's a two-step head start for the player who starts the match with more garnets and uh, uh, when you fall off the, uh, the the person also gets to decide who goes first so you have a, a huge advantage. three steps it, yeah basically three steps and it's eight steps back to fall off the conveyor belt so the uh, the winning strategy a strategy is going to win the game for you what something like 80 percent of the time i don't remember the number exactly I think but, it
1: was 76
0: seventy six okay um, is if the the player with the advantage who 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 has more garnets always just announces a, a tile to be turned around that's already been seen um, because then uh, you know first of all if the if the other player doesn't hit on their first uh, tile that they have to find in their first eight turns which is only fifty fifty they're straight off the board and they, they you know they didn't have a chance um, and it seems this seems so obvious but I, it feels like the producers had to have missed this.
1: I mean, right. it it really does, but at the same time, it, you know, they do like to put in these like opportunities for creative solutions, right? So yeah, but this I is mean, too
0: strong. I, this is too strong. I mean, in a in a main match, it makes sense, yeah, like but, in an open pass that you can find out a way to to you know which way the cards are oriented or whatever. But in that, like that helps you win a main match, but it doesn't it doesn't let you eliminate somebody straight up because you figured this out and they didn't.
1: Well, yeah, but neither of them played. Neither of them figured it out the first time it was played. Now,
0: right? But they could have. But it it was there to be but, figured. But,
1: but they certainly didn't. And, I mean, it it didn't cross my mind either at watching. I mean, did it cross yours? Oh, I, yeah, uh, it
0: did. It did. It did. But, um, yeah, I, I was wondering why he did. I didn't do the math and count the tiles, but that was a thought. Like, why why are you exposing new tiles and, like, helping Qumran? Saying, man, yeah. don't I get mean, eliminated here. I need you. I see, need you, buddy.
1: For me, I, and, and my similar sentiments here, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know. See, for me – this is the type of game where I, I'll admit I'll, I'll be the first to admit leveling wars not good. I'm not good at leveling wars. Period. Okay, but uh, these types of games, these sorts of memory games, if you will, or uh, the more mathy games, the other ones that we'll see come up in later seasons, that's that's where you know that's where
0: I'm uh, that's where I'm making my money, if you will. Yeah, for um, sure. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, and, but but that doesn't and, mean that it's and, a good and, game. Right.
1: Right. And, and, and that's true. But what I'm saying is that I guess the re- probably the reason that I did not notice that strategy the first time was because I'm like sitting there and I'm like, okay, and that's what's behind letter A, all right, stored in the old memory bank. So I was so caught up in like the initial premise, like both of the players were, that yeah. that didn't even cross my mind.
0: Yeah, it's a a really unique premise. I thought that was really interesting. I I liked the game from that standpoint. And in that sense, like the way it appeared in season four was better. But of course, at that point, everyone knows that this game is coming up so they can prepare Um, to memorize these symbols basically but uh yeah like as as a game that people are seeing for the first time and not prepared for i think it's really great by the way um if you're not good at leveling wars uh there's there's still a way to at least give yourself a fair shot at them do you know the the correct strategy for rock paper scissors if you happen to be playing the person who's the best at reading opponents and anticipating what they're going to throw
1: oh absolutely well as i learned in my game three class you just pick randomly
0: Correct, and there's nothing they can do. It's 50-50 at that point. So, yep. um, yeah, uh, leveling wars, uh, you, you may not be good, but you can still be You can still be 50-50 at them if you like, yep. uh, depending on the leveling war. So, yeah. Um,
1: Mixed, what is it? Mixed strategy games, they call them? Something um,
0: like that? I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so, anyway, same picture hunt I found out today is commercially available. Again, thanks to chaotic underscore yek. Uh, the game is called Chicken Cha-Cha-Cha, and uh, it's, it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. It's chickens, like, racing around in a circle, and you have to identify the, the tile in front of you, and um, you have to catch the other chicken as they, as they try to run around the track. So I actually just ordered that today. Um, it looked interesting, and uh, I feel like I could probably convince my wife to play it with me uh which is the one of the main uh, appeals to these games because you can buy all the games you want but you need someone who's actually going to play them against you or else they're going to sit in the box so yep um and then are any any other thoughts on Same Picture Hunt before we move on
1: um i really like it and uh i think uh, when it was fixed where just you start pretty much evenly in season 4 i i really enjoyed that and uh i mean i don't know this is the type of game where you know I'm hoping that ball gets drawn. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, so again, but the the problem in season four is that you have two players in Kyung Hoon and Jung Moon who who know it's coming. They've prepared mm-hmm. for it. They know the strategy, and uh, they're also able to to memorize perfectly. So at that point, if it if you have two players, there. right, if you have two players who memorize it everything exactly as we talked about during the the recap for that episode, um, then it, really the winner is going to be the first player to uncover. The the last uh, symbol that that is on their path to the finish line,
1: right? But I mean, that's the thing. I, I guess the uh, the idea is in that case, you know, they just did it perfectly, and if one of them didn't, then they that person would lose. But that's just how it was.
0: Yeah, they wanted to just be a coin flip, so that yeah. that loses some appeal. But again, like as a fir- as a game being played for the first time that you're not prepared for, where um, people aren't going to be playing with perfect memory, I think it is a very interesting game, and and uh, I like it.
1: Yeah, I would say it's in that middle to top tier for me.
0: Sure, sure. Uh, and, and our final deathmatch game from Season 1 comes up in the finale. It is game number two in the, uh, the three-game finals, although we only played two games, and that is Hap.
1: Oh, man, love me some Gil-Hap. Um I don't know what it is about it. I don't know why I'm good at it, but I, uh, I do have some pretty nice Gulhap prowess, not going to lie.
0: Yeah, I I've uh been playing set for a long time and uh actually I got it as a, my sister got it for me as a gift. She said I think you'd like this game. So the whole family played it and then with about 5 minutes like they were like all right, we're not playing with you anymore because I was getting all the sets. So um mm-hmm. the commercial version of this game is called set. It's it's wonderful. The symbols are different. There's actually uh there's four different categories of things uh there's that need to be the same or different on set. Sorry. Oval
1: things. What is it? Squiggles, ovals, diamonds, Striped solid, uh, empty red, green, purple. I can't even remember what's the other stuff.
0: Um, the other, uh, number no, one, two, or three items. In oh, the, right. Line.
1: Yep, yep, that's yep. exactly it. Yep,
0: Yeah. And so I think you get 12, 12 cards instead of nine, but you can actually play it the same way as Gilhap. All you do is you take out like all of the you only use the solid colored ones or you only use the purple ones or whatever. If you take out one of the characteristics, then it's the same as Gil Hap, where all the cards have like three characteristics um, that need to be the same or different. Mm. So you Hap a great game. Um, the problem with the way it's played is that in calling uh, Gil, which is when all the haps are gone, um, which I believe happened in the 20th century in Europe um, <laughs> Is, is, uh, that it leads to, to this problem where the player uh, who, who could call the last hap. If they know it's the last half, they're not going to call it because they're afraid of a gill coming up. And what could have happened in the finale in Season 1, and it, it happened not to, but it could have happened, was that they, we could have had a round that never ended because neither player would have called uh, would, would have called that last hap to get to, to gill. And in later versions of this game, in later iterations, we have this solve because if if certain number of turns go by and nobody calls a hap, then the round just ends. But um, what it should – and then in, in Season 4, um, you could call a gill right after you call a hap. But in my opinion, what it should be is every time you call a hap, you have, say, two seconds to call hap again. Um, and then as soon as you let a turn uh, an opportunity pass, then it goes to the next player. And so that way, if you can rattle off eight straight haps and then call Gil, great, good, go do it. But no one has an incentive to pass on a turn. You just, you're, If you see one, you call it, and that's it.
1: Personally, I'd like to see a buzzer system adopted. I wouldn't mind that.
0: That's fine, too, yeah. Um, although, again, the, the question, you know, then it becomes like Jeopardy, right? right. Because on Jeopardy, yeah. you can't buzz in. It's not you buzz in as soon as you know the answer. You, after Alex finishes reading the clue, then, then someone the arms the buzzer, on, and yeah. these lights go on around the board, and that's when you can buzz in. If you're a little bit early on that, you get locked out for like a quarter of a second. But so on Jeopardy, buzzing in isn't necessarily about who knows the information the fastest. If, if you know it before those lights come on, it's whoever has the best reaction to those lights. So then, again, you're kind of changing the game to who has the best reaction okay. to when the. The buzzers get armed.
1: Fair point. I mean I just I honestly would prefer that to the weird turn thing though. But but yours works as well.
0: Well I, I think you have a good yeah, I mean I, I don't dislike the idea of a buzzer. I just think you have to you have to calibrate it in a way. You'd have to, to fine tune it in a way where it doesn't become a game of like who's got the video game reflexes because then it's just another Jinho game.
1: Yeah, and and then you know, we did see that uh in a later game, basically in season four, I think. So
0: Well, we we saw it a few times, Uh, yeah, in in season four. We saw uh, with um, Mystery Sign in the finale, um, and then also with uh, Hyunmin and Yoon-sun in the same number hunt. hunt. Yeah, which we'll talk about later as well. So, but set is a great game. Set is one of the, the best of these games to play at home. You, you'll want to pick up a copy yeah. of set. It's just a box yeah. with a bunch of cards in it. And, uh, you no two games are the same because the cards are pretty, are, are random. I mean, there's a lot of them. You're not, you're never going to get the same deal of 12 and, uh, the, the, just the usually maybe one or two, uh, sets in any arrangement of 12 cards and you find it and you continue. So it's, it's, it's always different. It's very dynamic. You gotta mm-hmm. be on your toes. You gotta be sharp. It's it's fun,
1: and so. also uh, just a plug. There's always a uh, free game of set on Set's website every single day.
0: Oh, sweet! I got to check yeah. that out. Yeah, Set is Set is really awesome. It's probably you can probably play it online too. There's probably an app for it. Um, I don't know.
1: Yeah, but. actually, very interestingly, there was a uh Hap app online. Uh, I put it quite a lot uh, in May. Uh, uh, oftentimes very late at night because I was having a lot of sleeping problems in May. and I remember just just doing very well with it and just uh constantly beating whoever I was just happened to be against on there uh, it was uh great times really like the Google hat
0: yeah nothing like sleeping problems so um so that's <laughs> uh that 's it for that 's it for oh yeah, it looks like there are um uh, yeah it looks like there is set. The set card game app. I'm looking at mm-hmm. at uh, the App Store on my iPhone. At least uh, it looks like it's two dollars. It offers in-app purchases. Um, maybe you can purchase help from the Peanut Gallery uh, in the back room, and Jung Moon can ring in for you. That's the other thing I didn't yeah. like about this in season one. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it
1: seems like uh, the production team is hell bent on having uh, help helpers in these sorts of games. Uh, that are in the final three and yeah, but the way the- they
0: did in season four was better. Where yeah. the player, like before number janky, the players could just consult with their with their supporters on strategy. Like that, I think is a lot better than actually letting those players jump in and play the game on behalf of the player in the finals. I think Jenna would have been right anyway, but that's um, yeah. not great. Sure. So. All right, so that's Season 1. So we move on to Season 2, and in Season 2 we start in Episode 1 with a very exciting but very bad game called Quattro.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, here's the thing. I, I'm not going to lie. In that first episode, Round 1, I will say, if this is an American show, I actually think that Quattro is a great game to open with. Yeah, However, I, I, I
0: agree. Instead of winning streak in like Season 1, Episode 1. Yeah. However...
1: Yeah. Um what we got here was basically a lot of um I'm going to basically help everyone and just give them the best card I possibly can, um with very few exceptions.
0: Well there's some signaling. I mean there is some uh uh and and again, if you have your team signaling to each other, then it's a question of like who do you use when and who can rally the most people. But yeah, it's it's a lot of luck to Quattro, but you know, it's 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 hard to separate from the episode, which is like one of the very best episodes of the Genius. You just you have so much happening in this this opener for season two. You have you're meeting all these new people, and one of these mo- one of the most compelling new characters draws the most important position, or one of the most important positions mm-hmm. uh, in the game. Uh, Hui Jong becomes the lion, and you have this conflict between him and Yoon Sun, and she causes his downfall. He's picked for the death match. He takes her. It's very exciting. It comes down to the last card. So it's it's great TV. Quattro is just not a great game strategically.
1: It really isn't. Um, but I will say that if we're going to have these sorts of games where it's really about the supporter, I mean, this trumps any of the ones that were in season one by a yes. country mile.
0: Yes, yes, this is better, if you can believe it, than Yunji versus Jin Ho in Indian poker.
1: It's better than it's better than Picture Game. It's better than Winning Streak. It's much better than the poker. And I mean, it's not even close. It, it, I, I I actually enjoyed watching it, um, and it did make for compelling TV.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Quattro, uh great. Um, not much it, more to say. Uh,
1: yeah, I have it in like the middle range of the games.
0: Yeah, I'd put it Maybe middle in low. Middle. Yeah. Yeah, um, it, we'll talk about this when we get there, but it's it's definitely improved upon in season four when we come back to it, um, just with the the new mechanics of that game. Quattro is not, as far as I know, commercially available. Um, and as with the Winning Street game, you know, go go find your your twelve best yeah. friends and and uh, see if they want to play it, and they won't. Yeah,
1: so, yeah, good luck. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, the second game is even worse. It is the Sun Moon Star game. <laughs> This is uh, not great. Well, for uh, one thing, the producers let players bet Garnets on this, so the players all agreed together. All right, we'll just let Hongshul beat Jake, Jake Young and we'll all double our Garnets.
1: Yeah, and I mean, you know, props for Hongshul for, like, organizing that effort. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I didn't like this one, really. Um, you know, why do we have to have two of these, you know, supposed popularity contests in a row?
0: Yeah, it's it's not great. I mean, it's very basic. It, you're it's, you're betting on which of three symbols a player uh, chose, and then uh, the other player has to bet also on that. And it, it's just it's not compelling. It's not good. It's, half
1: or whatever. I bet twice what the first player bet, or something like that. It wasn't very good.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah, bad. Not good. Not commercially yeah. available. Low tier. Yeah, it's. It's towards the bottom. Actually, I should probably add that to the to my list of worst. It's not the worst.
1: It is not but, even close. It's to the not.
0: Worst. It's not aggressively bad. Like yeah. it's not offensively bad. It's just bad. Just like boring yeah. bad. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. Next up is Laser Chess, and I might be the only person who loves this show who's not on the Laser Chess bandwagon. I mean, I'm all
1: right with it, but I don't think that this makes for compelling TV. Um, as it's neat as to think, see
0: the giant setup of it, though. It I mean, is it, fun. It,
1: it is cool, um, you know. I always, uh, you know, when I saw that it was being played, I did take a little bit of a uh, little bit of pride, remembering that that was invented uh, in what used to be my old office at Tulane. Uh, when we're talking about Ket, um, yep,
0: K H E T, which is the commercially available version. It's Egyptian themed, mm-hmm.
1: as was this as uh, was the game on the Genius, if I remember. It had like pyramids on it or something.
0: Yeah. Um, now I, you know, I didn't go back and rewatch laser chess, um, uh, but you have to remind me, is, was there any way to avoid a stalemate where both players blocked in the opponent's laser? Was there anything that would have prevented that from happening?
1: I don't remember. Cause I only watched it once. I really wasn't uh, super compelled by it other than just seeing it and being like, oh, that's pretty cool. Cool.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure I'll get an email telling me that I'm wrong about this and there was some rule about it, but it strikes me that, um, cause I believe that Yohan blocked off Sun's laser completely and if she had done the same to him, then no one can fire off a shot and no one can win the game. So what What now? Like, what's next?
1: Yeah, I have no idea.
0: So, um, yeah, just it wasn't that compelling. It's hard to follow. It's hard to follow strategically what's going on. I imagine playing the game is, is more fun. And, and along with chicken cha-cha-cha, I also ordered cats today. My birthday is Monday. So, you know, um, uh, if ever there's a time to justify buying a couple of, of uh, these <laughs> games, now is it. Um, but uh, I'm gonna be turning. Uh, I'm gonna be turning 19. Can you believe it, Ian?
1: I mean, 19. That was a that was a big birthday for me. I remember that.
0: My like my, my son is two and a half. Daddy, are you having a birthday? How How old are you turning? I'm 32, and he I'll uh, be 32. You're turning 32. Yeah, and then later in the day, he's telling strangers like, "Daddy's turning 52." <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow, that's great. Eh,
0: whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> At least if he says 52, I look young for 52, so I, I can deal with that. Um,
1: I, I, always, um, I always appreciate um, talking with, um, with students. I know last year I, I taught like a section of 7th grade Algebra 1 uh, on top of my 11th and 12th grade physics. And I mean just the hilarious range of my age estimates um, throughout the year were just comical. I mean we had literally everywhere from 19 somehow to thirty-six. Uh, <laughs>
0: I do that when'm I'm i 'm a magician for those who don 't know i 'm a professional magician and I specialize in entertaining children and so I do a bit in my show at, towards the end where I tell them like uh, you know i 'm too old to, to for crayons now that i 'm fourteen, and when they 're younger kids, sometimes this goes over their heads, but when they 're like six or seven they 'll go no you 're not fourteen you're and then they start yelling at me how old they think I am, but <laughs> you know the older the older we get Ian um, the harder it is to tell how old the kids are right like there 's plenty of, like i 'll see a teenager and be like. I have no idea if this person is like 12 years old or 19 years old. So it goes, it does go both ways.
1: Uh, I'm not quite there yet, but, uh, I, I always find it really amusing. And then, then again, the other thing is I also look young. Like apparently last year on my first day, everyone thought that I was a new student that, uh, was unfamiliar with the dress code.
0: Do you ever get uh, stopped by the hall monitors? Um, not anymore?
1: not anymore, but, uh, Whenever I interviewed at the school, I remember an eighth grader asked me if I was a student from another school observing.
0: <laughs> this could be a, this could be a death match, like just bring in a bunch of people and guess how old they are. There's actually like a game the, show uh,
1: the carny, uh, guess my age
0: Yeah, yeah yeah this <laughs> where like you pay f- you pay five dollars to play and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're wrong, but if they're wrong, you win a prize that's worth less than five dollars. so that's a yep. great game. Um, there's a game in, that was, uh, on in Germany and and in England, I think it's coming here. uh, That was called the one in Britain was called Britain's brightest. And they had like all these different mind games. And one of them was, uh, like they, they had this like huge group of people and you had to guess, like you had, they were like, all right, find like people who are 31 years old in this group. So you'd have to go in like this group of like 20 people and maybe four or five of them were 31 and you and your opponent would have to try to find someone who's the right age. They did it with weight too. Like, can you find like, find a combination of three people that weigh a total of like 500 pounds or whatever it was. So, um,
1: yeah, I, I remember uh, dog eat dog actually, I think had, had both
0: of those if I'm remembering right. Yeah. Uh, it's going way back. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah. So nice. laser chest
0: as a death match, yeah, uh, not, not impressed. Uh um, right. <laughs> but pro- probably fun to play cat. I'll find out. I'll find out soon. I'll let you know. Um, our next death we match, do. our next death match is the blackout game, which, uh, uh, was the, was the, this, this didn't leave, uh, poor, uh, Doohy on the floor on his back crying? That was the main match, um, mm. that, that had him on his back crying, but this didn't help. Uh, this know, did help.
1: And and I must say, you know, this also is not one that's commercially available, but I, I remember playing a variation of it in college that was a lot different.
0: Was it a different game? <laughs> I mean, was it I mean, Are you sure it's I a mean, variation it was, of this? Are you sure we weren't playing like bridge or something?
1: Uh no, I mean it was completely different. Um it involved um it involved uh, beverages and uh a lot of beverages actually.
0: Mm, yes. Um, I I know the sorts of beverages to which you refer. Um, we, we, when I was in college, (laughs) we didn't need games as a pretense. We just had beverages, but, um, yeah, uh, the, the blackout game is a death match. It didn't work as a main match. Um, it's just, there's a chance that it's over right away. I think it gives a huge advantage to the second team to go. Um, it, it's, it's really hard to put a finger on like, what is the one thing about this game that is the worst? Um, I don't know if it's as bad as the winning street game just because there's like a little more to it, but not a lot.
1: Yeah. I'm really actually, I think this is probably, this is in that absolute worst tier for me without any question. And it's really just a matter of like comparing, which is worse, like a pile of shit or a bucket of shit.
0: How big is the bucket? (laughs) Good question. Yeah, we'll talk about that later when we compare these games. Um, blackout game, yeah, not commercially available. Um, if you like, you could turn the lights out in your house. Um, but again, I suspect if you try to play this game with your friends, when you turn the lights back on, they will have left. So maybe don't do the blackout game. Um, now next up is Indian Hold'em, which is the new version of Indian poker. It's similar. Indian poker was, uh, I believe a 20 card deck. Indian Hold'em is a, is a 40 card deck. You get two, uh, two flop cards or whatever. You get one, one card on your forehead and you make your best three card poker hand. Three of a kind beats a straight, beats a pair, beats a high card hand. And, uh, if you fold a straight or three of a kind, then you pay the 10 chip penalty and again, the same problem Indian poker suffers from, which we finally have to deal with here and confront, which is that if you have a, a tied hand, the pot is not chopped. The, the next hand is, starts with those chips in the middle, and we wind up with a, a couple of coin flips between Jinho and G1 in a game where they start with a combined like 30 chips, which is too few.
1: Yeah, um that uh I, I feel like that does sour my uh my memories of the game a bit, but I mean essentially this is the same thing as Indian Poker and I mean I, I was like, Yeah, it's pretty cool. I do like I guess we didn't bring up that uh the game does favor the card counter, uh both of them, so yep. Yeah. That's always good.
0: That's good. That's fine. That's nice. Yeah. I mean it, it doesn't make the game's great um and in fact again it's one of those things where if two players have perfect memory then the last hand is just academic Mm -hmm. but um uh yeah like it's this it's the same as indian poker in that like it's a it's a one card poker game because you've got the two cards on the board but there's still like like each of the cards one through 10, like, like there's a rank within the hand of like, which one is the best to have and in regular Indian poker. 10 is always the best. And one is always the worst. You could get a board in Indian Hold'em that like changes up that order where like now, because there's, there's a four and a five on the board, like now a six is the best thing to have. And then a three is the next best thing to have. And then a five and then a four and then a ten, nine, eight, seven. So, so yeah. like in that sense, like it, it changes, like maybe your 10 isn't the best card anymore. But it's the same basic game. It's it's one card on your head, and is your card better than your opponent's card? Right. So it's, and uh, it's a lot of show dressing for not much difference in the game. Yeah.
1: There, there's it plays the same. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Not commercially available. Again, you can probably figure this one out on your own if you like <laughs> to. Um, it's it's fine. Again, like, yeah. um, the, the deeper we get into the genius. Well, maybe not this season so far because we've not liked many of these death match games. But um, it feels like the further you go, like the less these, these card-on-forehead poker games seem to stand out as being particularly good. And it's actually, yeah, it it's, really it's, I guess it, like looking through this list, the the main matches must have really been something that like these death matches kept us as fans of the show for so long, because so far, not a super impressive list. And we're about to get to um, some really great games uh, coming up. One of my absolute favorite games is up next. Yeah. But like to mm-hmm. this point on the show, the death matches have been, for the most part, underwhelming.
1: Uh, and I agree.
0: So let's, let's get to that game, that wonderful game that I wanted to play so bad from the first time I saw it, the black and white game.
1: It is a good one. By far the best in season two
0: it 's a leveling war, so you got you got to know what your opponent's thinking and you got to counterthink, but as you know you 're thinking that because then you got to outthink him again and although it doesn 't seem apparent at first there 's a lot of strategy to it you you want to uh, you know again if you play if you play an, uh, an odd numbered tile and your opponent beats you with an even numbered tile, you can limit the the tiles that he used sometimes to, to one or two or three different possibilities so you can start keeping track of what he may have available what he may have used and start planning uh your your moves based on that you can try to lose a round on purpose to force your opponent to play a tile first in in the next round um so there's there's a lot of strategy to it although it doesn't seem apparent at first yeah uh
1: basically the old uh win by a little lose by a lot game
0: yeah, and this is one of the two games that I have on my, my Kickstarter. Um, my version is called Deduction, and you can play regular black and white with the cards, um, which is uh, you can just use nine of the cards for each player, and my version adds in a tenth card, uh, nine. So the regular game is played with zero through eight. Um, I add the nine card, and in my version, the nine beats everything except for the zero. The zero loses to everything except it beats the nine, which uh, adds an extra layer. Of strategy to it now, Ian. I sent you. Uh, I sent you because I knew we were going to be doing this podcast. Um, I sent you the cards because this is like your best chance to play black and white game unless you've got Absolutely. a dealer Nuna friend. Um, <laughs> and you get a chance to play it.
1: I did actually. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it's a great game. I really yeah. enjoy it.
0: Yeah. Um, it. It. It surprised me how much I learned about the game from actually playing it, right like because watching it you 're thinking about strategy, uh, what Jung Hyun is doing and, and when he 's playing against Yu young and they 're holding their big cards for the end, and then uh, when he plays against Yoan later in the season, and Yoan is countering that strategy and and just slicing him up and then in season four, when Jun Seok knows what that strategy and he 's countering it, like you learn a lot really fast when you 're actually playing the game one Absolutely. of the first yeah one of the first things I learned was like um, when you 're playing the nine card version. Uh, against a player who doesn't, who's, who's new, who might not know what they're doing, I, I find that like the best thing to lead with on the first round is the four.
1: That's what I also have been doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, because the four is right in the middle, and whatever the result is, you can narrow down your opponent's card to, to two possibilities. So um, the way it works with deduction, the even cards are red, and the or sorry, the even yeah, the even cards are red, and the odd cards are blue. Um so you throw you throw your four down, which is a which is a red card. If your opponent throws a red card that beats you, it must be the six or the eight. A red card that loses to you must be a two or a zero. And the same with the blue cards. You can it's either a uh a, a five or a seven if they beat you, or a one or a three if they lose to you. So immediately you have information on them. And if they've played any of those cards, they're gonna have three possibilities for you at least, unless you tie them. If they throw a four then that's out the window. But whatever else they play, they they've got you down to, to no fewer than three possibilities
1: yeah um i i I feel like by saying this they're not going to listen, so yeah, a great idea to use the four if you're playing someone that's pretty new to it
0: yeah, and one of the really great things about uh when you play the the ten card version with the zero and the nine is that it's if you can successfully use the zero to beat the nine um you you can give up a lot in the other rounds, like you can lose by a lot in a few other rounds and you can make up for it by the fact that you've blown away your opponent's best card with your worst card. Um, and that also changes the leveling war because nobody wants their nine to lose to a zero. So players, uh, they don't want to lead with their nine out of fear that the zero is going to get played against it. Mm -hmm. So you only want to play your nine. If your opponent has already played a blue card, because then you know, for sure, it's not a zero up against your nine but a smart player who knows this when they lead with a blue card they'll lead with a 1 or a 3 to try to get you to waste your 9 and and win by a lot with it instead of winning by a little which is how yeah. you you win the game but again knowing this if you see your opponent lead with a blue card you can presume it's a low blue card and you can counter with a, with a 2 or a 4 and try to try to snap them off but he knows that And then so
1: they can do the that card, yeah. And then fly. now I've yeah. gone cross side. Yeah.
0: The game is it's really fun. It's a lot of fun to play. Um, and again the cards that I've designed um our self reading so uh the two you can play with just two people and you can read the cards and did that work well for you uh yeah, it absolutely did. It's, it's very clear. You, you know who won. Um, you continue with the game, and, and you can play rounds pretty quick. So it's really great. And, again, if, you, if you're looking to get on board with the Kickstarter, please do. You only have a few days left. After that, uh, you may never again, and I'm not, I'm not uh, being dramatic here, you may never again have the chance to, to acquire this game for yourself. We need to get this Kickstarter funded. Um, it's going to take about 90 more people signing on to do that. So please go to thegreatscott.com slash games right now. And uh, sign up for the Kickstarter. Get on board. We'll have your cards out to you uh, very soon after the Kickstarter funds. So uh, I mean, the game exists. We've already had uh, the rough draft printed. and Eden has played it. So it it, it, really is, it is there. Yeah. So um, that's the plug for Deduction. But as as a deathmatch game, it's very compelling. It's very exciting. Um, there's a lot of information that the producers can show you or withhold from you. They can show you the game from either player's perspective to make it extra exciting. Um, you know, it's just it's just the icing on the cake that like everyone's favorite Jung Wins uh, wins the death match uh, against Yu Young playing this game, which is very fun.
1: Yeah, I mean, th- I, this is really great one, and um, you know, top tier, really
0: yeah this is a, this is one of my one of my favorites um and actually the reason why I designed the cards was like I really 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 wanted to play this game, and I just couldn't imagine who in my life wanted to sit there and and tell me if I had beaten my wife or or mm-hmm. you know to like try to make my wife tell me if I had beaten my friends in each round uh so I sat around for a long time I wanted to play it it wasn't out there it wasn't on the market um so I, I just, I, all right I'll do it myself so um, yeah, so please get on board. Please sign up for the Kickstarter. Uh it, it's gonna expire I think October fifth or sixth. So if you're not on it by then, you're gonna miss your chance maybe forever uh to get your copy of the game. So Yeah. Uh the uh the next game in season two is the truth detector game. This is uh during the finale between Sangman and Yohan. And this uh this is this is in the lower tier again for me.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I I mean, I still really don't see how the person with more advantages is losing this game. Um, Somebody on Bothers Bar had, like, posted some six-question solution. I mean, I really don't know if... uh, Can't be. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, is this even valid? Like, is this within the rules? And then Colin... I said Colin, like, someone has a six-step solution. He's like, all right, well, let's test it out. And then we did it, and then he goes, well then what's to prevent you from asking? And then it was just like a question that would end it automatically in one turn. I can't remember what it was at this point, but like, there's no way that you can do that. And I mean, it's really just...
0: Well, I want to look just, this up. What, what is this, Bothers Bar? Yeah, yeah, it's on Bothers Bar. Solution to uh truth detector game?
1: Yeah, it was like a six-question solution. But I, I mean, it, it has me and him wondering if these were valid. And then I looked up the video and it seemed that it was valid. And then I was like this is the video that they give is probably not really the full rules. Like there's probably other stipulations to it. Like, I mean, I really just a bust of a game and, and kind of disappointing that it was in such a important stage.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's guess the four digit number it's binary and it's, I mean, I guess the, the one twist is that if you lose your concentration and you answer correctly instead of lying then yeah. you have to reveal one of your numbers. But yeah. that also seems like really arbitrary to just exist sort of in the middle of this game. So Yeah. Um, the
1: other thing I will say that uh Sangman um not a good call with
0: uh 1928. Yeah, but that's a leveling war too, because uh, like you know, like, well, I can rule out any any nineteen hundred type numbers because no one's gonna be dumb enough to pick a year. So, you know, like, who knows, whatever. Like if you're playing if you're playing truth detector correctly, it shouldn't matter, right? Someone who's playing it correctly is going to say like is your number higher than 500? Is your number higher than 250? Is your number higher than 125? Is it higher than 64? Okay, is it is it lower than, you know, so it would it would play like that um again against like a like a thinking uh opponent. Sure. So, it doesn't matter what what number you choose. Um
1: true i mean i i just i'm i feel like there's there's always concern of picking any number that could possibly be like a focal point right sure and yeah i understand there is like the leveling aspect of it but just i mean just pick a random number right
0: random right right. i agree yeah just just look at your watch and like use that to help you as a random number generator and and figure out what you're doing um absolutely i agree um but in, there's no – there's. I don't think there's a commercially available version of this game, but there's a game that's kind of similar that I like a lot better. Mastermind. That's what I have written down. You got it exactly. Mastermind, um, which uh, is a game with, like, these little colored pegs, and and uh, one player is, like, playing, and the other person has the, the secret code, and it's four colors arranged in a certain order, and each turn the the player – um, guesses uh, for color combination and the player whose combination it is tells them how many colors they have uh, in the correct spot and how many colors that are correctly in the solution, but are in the incorrect spot um, on the board. So uh, mastermind is a really great game. It's a better version of this. And frankly, probably would have been a better uh, matchup here.
1: Uh, yeah. And I agree. Although I do believe mastermind is uh, strongly solved for a pretty quick win.
0: Oh, all right. I mean, so is, uh, I guess for a quick win, I, I can't say uh, too many of the other games are, but like 12 Jangi, we know is solved. Uh, Monorail is solved. Um, I think like if, if this is a game that we know ahead of time is showing up in season four, that's not so great. But for Mastermind, um, if players aren't expecting it and it shows up, I think it still is usually going to be a pretty good death match. Fair enough. So... Um yeah, like just being solved like that's bad if you're going to have it be a regular thing, but it, it, players don't know what's coming. It's fair game and I, I don't think they're going to be playing it perfectly like the same thing we said about same picture hunt. Like it's uh it's a great game if you take out the the inequity between the player with more and the player with fewer garnets. Um if they don't know it's coming, that's you know that's usually when you're going to get the best version of that game. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, all right. Any other thoughts on the death matches in season two before we we move on?
1: Um, you know, a lot better than the ones in season one.
0: <laughs> yeah, looking at the list, I mean, yeah, they're they're a little better. We're gonna get a lot better in uh, in season three here, uh, starting with Black and White Two, which is another really great game. And I, I was trying to think: is there a way to to do this? as a card game as well. It was produced as a game called quo Vadis, Um, uh, I think in the seventies. And again, thanks to chaotic underscore I a K, um, at reddit.com slash R slash the genius. Uh, had not heard of quo Vadis before. Really? This is a game you could play just with, uh, with a couple pads of paper and a couple yeah. of pens. If you trust your opponent, both is honest. And this is the more important one understands the rules because it is a little complicated for someone to pick up the first time they're playing. Uh, like, sorry. Like Ian, I bet, I bet if you and I met up, like we could play this game because we understand how it works. But, um, because you know, uh, well, no, I take that back. We would still need a third person to tell us who, yep. who used more points. So that's, okay. that's actually, I'm wrong about that.
1: Yeah. I, um, last, uh, last year, uh, towards the end of the school year after we had taken the final exam, uh, I basically had like a week in which I had to plan something to do for 15 minutes a day for each class that came in. And I was like, you know what, we're just going to play games. And, uh, I actually uh, made an Excel spreadsheet that um, basically I had some moderator punch the numbers in. It told them who won the round. It had the lamps on the side. Like it, it, Really just I mean it just automated the entire process.
0: That's awesome. That's I think cool. we talked about this before. I don't remember if it was on the podcast. And I think I told you, I don't remember, but I think I told you that after I finished the AP chemistry exam, our teacher let us hook up an N sixty four and play Goldeneye in the class.
1: Yes, yes, you did tell us that, yes. Or tell me yeah. that anyway. Yep.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's on the podcast or not, but that was good times and that was already after nine eleven, so if you can believe it, they were still they were still letting us uh uh bring video game guns to school. So <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, it was a yep. really, really great teacher, too, who I wouldn't have thought would have been the one to let us do that. But yeah, um, yeah. it's always the ones you least suspect, right? It really is. Uh, black and White 2 is a great game. It's, yeah, it's I one actually of the best. Love it. I actually like it more than regular black and white, to be honest. I don't because of the situation that came up on the show and they can come up when you're playing it where with a few, run- well, I guess the same in black and white that like the game is over before it's over. Yeah, black and white, you can do that too depending on which cards you're left. Well,
1: see, I don't know. I see with uh, with black and white too, I did find the uh, the back solve, or back solve rather, pretty cromulent. Y- yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right
0: okay well uh, believe it or not i know what cromulent means will you explain backs off? <laughs> uh,
1: well i mean it's like whenever they pop up the screen between uh lawyer kong and dr yansung and, and they basically just spelled it out using backward induction how the last few rounds had to go and that dr mm. yansung had locked up the win
0: yeah 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 um the other interesting thing about that particular matchup of this game was, uh, that, that yun picked up on Lawyer Kang writing the numerals and he could see the, the, the big hand movements to draw out the numerals. Uh, whereas Yunsung to disguise what he was doing was actually spelling out the letters. So instead of writing like a three and a two, he was writing, you know, whatever the equivalent was of like T H I R T Y T W O. Um, so the, you know to make to make it so that that couldn't be used against him, which is a good strategy in the game. But I think like ideally when you're playing this game, uh, you know, maybe for the genius uh, that's, that's fine because it adds a wrinkle for the TV show. But if you're playing this game at home against a friend, you want to try to eliminate that aspect of it as well. Yeah, I really do. So um, I kind of wonder what happens in the event of a tie in a round. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised it
1: never came up. My assumption is that it's just like, uh, it would be in black and white one. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe, and then if it winds up where you've each won four rounds by the end, we just play again. Yeah, that could be. I didn't – yeah, there you go. The simplest solution is uh, is often the best. So, uh, yeah, I guess Quo Vadis. I don't think it's available anymore, Quo Vadis. Um It's not exactly this game, but it, it sounded like it was pretty similar. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have betting rock, paper, scissors, the absolute uh, best iteration of rock, paper, scissors as a death match. And it, actually, this isn't even the best betting rock, paper, scissors, because in season four, we can also you can also bet on draw. Um, uh, actually, I think you could bet on draw in the in the finale of season three as well. But um,
1: as an we- item, you can.
0: OK, yeah. yeah So um, as we see it at this point, uh, the, the draw is just such a huge advantage for the player with the late lead. As we see when what? Lawyer King busts out our our uh, your your big buddy uh, Kyung Hoon.
1: Yeah, right. Um, I was disappointed.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that was a hole in the game, and it's fine. I mean, it's something that Kyung Hoon should have anticipated. I actually anticipated it when he passed on the on the the card selection in the second to last round. I went, "Oh, he's dead!" Like that was not good.
1: Yeah. Especially after we had already seen what happens in the event of a draw earlier, uh, in, which I'm actually kind of surprised that, uh, lawyer Kong decided to test it as if the rules weren't clear.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I knew from the first time, um, what the rules were. So, uh, yeah. Um, uh, you know, it seemed pretty straightforward to me and I was wondering, uh, Uh, you know, why, why that hadn't been tried to that point. So um, when it actually came up at the end, not a shock, like more of a shock that it was a shock to the people who were shocked. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Um, But you know, a strong game, like it's a, it's a a leveling war to an extent. It's an information gathering game. Um, You're forced to bet. There's an incentive to bet, to win the round, which is, which is very important in terms of how the game plays out. Like if you don't win extra chips, for winning the hand, then it just becomes a pure leveling war. Um, but because the player who's choosing rock, paper or scissors gets more chips for, for being right. And for winning the round um, most of the time, you know, perfect strategy dictates most of the time they're going to have to go for that. And only sometimes lose on purpose to try to force the better to lose the chips that they're ostensibly betting on a win.
1: Yeah. I mean, I do really like this game and yeah, uh, you know, really fun concept.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so it only took them three seasons, but they got it right. This is uh this is one of the, the best of the deathmatch games. This is not, to my knowledge, commercially available. Um probably not a lot of fun to play at home, but I guess I guess you could. Um uh, I don't know. Um, don't Yeah,
1: I really don't think there's much uh
0: much to it. Yeah. Um next up is Double Sided Poker, which is I, this this is a step back in the evolution of the the poker games on the Genius not that Indian holdem is much of a step up from Indian poker but double sided poker um there's it's it's another hugely luck based game very if, you can, stinky, yeah. if you can get a 9 10 against an opponent with like a like a 3 2 or something then you're going to be able to bet on both sides of your card and you're going to be able to win uh, a lot of chips and it's 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 a very luck based game There's not a ton of room to bluff. There's some, um, but it's, it's overall, it just plays out kind of weak. And maybe part of that is that players who play these betting games on the genius tend to be kind of timid, um, with, with their betting strategy.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, additionally there, it is six decks in the shoe. So, uh, counting, uh, the effect there is going to be mitigated pretty substantially. Um, Props to Kyung Hoon for taking advantage of the fact the whole card is visible.
0: Yeah, to try to avoid giving up to Jin Ho in Season 4 any cards that could lead to a double-sided bet.
1: Yeah, really. I mean, that that to me is like where I was like, all right, you know, I, I was fine with the inclusion of this, but it was one that was on the list for Season 4. I was like, hmm, why is this here?
0: Well, the other good change they made to it in Season 4 was that the cards all had to be even on one side no. and not on the other. So that was another good change that because it nice. limited... It limited the possibilities for the back of your opponent's card. Um, So
1: that that is pretty good. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I did like that. Um, Yeah. So it was all right.
1: Uh, Middle. I would say that's like your pretty much your like middle middle tier game.
0: Yep. 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 Tolerable. Fine. Not great. Not terrible. Um, Next up is twelve jongi. Did I say that right, jongi?
1: Yeah, I believe that's correct.
0: Okay. Uh, 12 is commercially available as Dobutsu Shogi, or uh, uh, you can go on Amazon, look up Let's Catch the Lion. There's also a really great uh, app for your iPhone. Again, it might be on Android. I don't know. Um, I, I've not tried to tame the Wild West of Android, but... Mm uh it's it's a lot of fun the the version i'm on there's like seven difficulty settings and i'm on like difficulty setting 4 right now and i've beaten the computer like like twice on the setting but it keeps beating me and i'm waiting to get it consistently before i move on but uh th- this is i think this is a pretty great game it's been solved uh there is there's a solution for it it's a 12 square game that's designed to like teach shogi which is like a like korean chess basically uh uh to children to you know to make it appealing to girls like make chess fun for girls but it's just a it's a fun game i mean this is very playable this is one that that you can get people to play you in it's it's so simple to learn it's not like hey want to play chess with me because usually anyone who asks you to play chess if you're not a chess player they're gonna kick your ass because no one else wants yeah. to play chess with you right Twelve am feels a little more open like you feel like all right you know i can i can tread water in this game um, yeah,
1: I, I I enjoy it. Um, I actually made a set myself. Um, I you know I'm not really a big chess person, but uh, you know, I made the set mostly for aesthetics, to be honest. Uh, but uh, I really so you, you made
0: it. that set yourself because I've seen the pictures of it. It looks it looks really great.
1: Yeah, I, I did make that set entirely myself. Um, didn't cost much to do either.
0: Yeah, I, so I bought the Let's Catch a Lion set, and it's you know it's the app is fun, but there's something to like the tactile goodness of having those little wood pieces to move around the board so uh, uh yeah
1: yeah which is and that and i also enjoy that and that's the same thing as i have uh wooden blocks yeah
0: yeah uh so so that's a lot of fun i i you know it's, it's to teach kids sort of a precursor to chess so i i was teaching it to harrison to my my 2 year old mm-hmm. and he is the version i have uh it's it's a lion is the is the king the giraffe is the piece that can move uh forward, backward, side to side. The, the elephant moves diagonally, and the chick is the like the pawn is
1: and, the uh, of the man. I believe a hen is uh the feudal lord right
0: yeah, 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 the hen is when you turn the the chick over yeah. so I'm teaching him the game, I'm showing him how it works, and he goes he goes, "I want to play with the giraffe, and he just takes the giraffe tile and runs off, so yeah,
1: yeah, I think maybe he's a little maybe young maybe for two it years, yeah. uh will be a little better there.
0: I thought maybe I, he's a janky prodigy. You got to give him a chance.
1: Give him a shot, right? I mean, uh, it is. It's always really funny. Uh, I always find uh, there's there's just like this assumption at work that I'm just going to be good at chess automatically because I'm just good <laughs> at, I guess, generally good at games.
0: I have the same presumption. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a chess player. Yeah. So, uh, but it's, I always think that just, of others.
1: It's just really funny. Uh, I know. I I'm running the quiz bowl club at school, and then you know I have. Uh, there's apparently a middle school chess club, and then you know another teacher comes up to me and it's like, "Hey, uh, you know, you're, you're you're really good at chess. Why don't you run the high school chess club?" And then like some other kid comes up to me and it's like, "Hey, can you run Bottle Rockets Club?" And I'm like, you know, someone else has to be qualified to run all three of these
0: clubs. I mean, does this not school right? not have another nerd employed as a teacher? I'm
1: like, yeah. I'm like, is there? Isn't there just somebody else that can do like these sorts of activities? Like, I don't know.
0: Well, that's great that you're a quiz bowl coach because I, I did quiz bowl for a long time. I was the, um, the president of the team yeah. at, at, in college. And, uh, so I, I did not know that about you. That's, that's great.
1: Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed it. I didn't get to do it in college. Uh, I was busy with my curriculars, uh, much to the extent that I didn't get to take part in many extracurriculars until the last semester I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, um, I did uh, do that in high school, and uh, I really enjoy it now. It's it's always fun to break up a, a buzzer system and uh, get a few rounds in.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's that's really cool. All right, um, so. Yes. Twelve is is a really fun game. There's there's a lot of depth to it for the um for the the scope of the board. I mean it's a it's a this tiny little board. That it seems like there's not a lot you can do with these pieces, but one of the really great elements to it is once you capture a piece, you can put it oh, right back on the board.
1: Yeah, the drop rule.
0: That's your piece. So uh that adds a lot a lot to it. You can see uh, you know, even when you're new to the game, you can still, if you're, if you're really focusing, you can see a couple moves ahead. And then, of course, the better at it you get, you start to realize like what sorts of formations put your opponent in big trouble and how to react to them and so forth. But it's um yeah. it's it's a pretty deep game, and even though it's solved, it's not you know for all intents and purposes like. You are not going to play a perfect game unless unless you sit down like memorizing all these different algorithms. We saw uh, in the in the final death match in season four that that Hyunmin, who had beaten Dongmin at it previously, you know, he even though the advantage is, is in going second uh, theoretically, Dongmin beat him from any position. Like it didn't matter. There is still something you could do yeah. to change it up and to surprise your opponent and and to uh, to take it. So.
1: Yeah, I think really what makes uh, 12 jong really interesting is like, you know, we rag on it for, you know, it being a children's game essentially. But what makes it interesting is that realistically this game is is one where if you're playing it, I mean, you can look a good five or six moves ahead and have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's what makes
1: it interesting.
0: Yeah. Um, I I really like it. It's a lot of fun. I've been, uh, you know, I've been playing a lot of deduction and, and racing stripe with people, but uh, I've also played uh, uh, let's catch the lion with people as well as they visited to, to see the baby um, yeah. so, because they're sort of like, they're sort of at my mercy in terms of like,
1: <laughs> yeah, activities, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, and so it's, it, that's been a lot of fun too. So I, I recommend checking that one out as well. Um, so that's that is on my list uh, of uh, or no, it wasn't on my list, but I'm gonna add it to my list of of my favorite games, uh, and we'll talk later. I, I, I really
1: do like that. Yeah, it's
0: not a contention for the best, but it's it's a very strong game. Um, so next up, we have Memory Maze. Memory Maze is a death match that we see uh, twice on yep. uh, the Genius in season three, and I like Memory Maze a lot. Again, perfect memory, uh, and you can beat it. Yep. But practically speaking, like we didn't see anything close to that on the yeah. show.
1: I mean, really fun game, Uh, you know, kind of brought me back uh, to uh, the Fuchsia City Gym in Pokemon. Uh, Really excellent.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know any of the Pokemon stuff, but this game is, or a version of this game is commercially available. It's called Magic Labyrinth, and it's also a ton of fun. I've been playing this one uh, at home also, and uh, even my wife uh, liked this game, um, which she didn't expect she would, considering the size. Magic Labyrinth. The version you play at home, there's, uh, there's, so the, the the game board is sort of built into the box, mm-hmm. where there's um, the upper layer is like a like a labyrinth and you do with uh, with different symbols on it, and the symbols correspond to these pieces in a bag. And one at a time, you pull pieces out of a bag, and the first player to get to that piece gets it. Once a piece is won, a new piece goes on the board in its sort of like randomized position, and the first player to get five of these pieces wins the game. Underneath the board, there's a separate like cardboard piece into which you place these like these wood dividers um, that that uh, go right up against the top board. Like basically, they're they're vertical from the lower board to the top board. And then each player has like a magnetic pawn, and underneath the board is a is a marble that that connects to the magnet through the cardboard. So when you hit one of these wood walls the ball falls from the pawn and drops back down to the starting area. So um, it, it functions essentially the same. Like you have to remember where these walls are underneath the board. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really close adaptation of the game. You're not trying to get from one side of the maze to the other. But in a way, this is more interesting because you have many different goals. There's many different, different squares mm-hmm. uh, that you have to reach in order to win the game. So I really like Magic Labyrinth. This is very playable. It's for up to four players and I I highly recommend it. As a death match on the show, I thought it was really compelling.
1: Yeah, I mean, and and to be honest, I think this is, if there is, I mean, here's the thing. I would have loved loved to have had Black and White 2 in there, but whenever Black and White 1 is there, it's not really feasible. I understand. I think this is the big snub uh, for the Season 4 list.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I, I... I agree. I mean, I think you could have had both black and white games, to be honest. I think you definitely could have. I'm looking at the list here in season four to think about, like, what you can take out. Um, maybe one, maybe same picture hunt is one that you can take out. Um, I would
1: say double-sided, double-sided poker. poker is kind yeah. of feeding to the cut, and I feel like Quattro really has no business being there.
0: Well, Quattro um, we'll the thing- does change a little bit, so Quattro is yeah. better in season four. But, yeah, it, it is. But- it may not make the cut over Memory Maze even still.
1: I yeah and the other thing about it I really think the reason Quattro is there is because it, it doesn't it's not a good look if uh season 2's only representation is black
0: and white. Right. That's true. Yeah. 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 Um I guess I mean season 2's only representation in the actual uh contestants was Jinho. So uh maybe it would have been appropriate if there was only one one death match game but uh yeah I mean memory maze is a lot of fun and and the fact that Yonju is able to beat Yu at memory maze just goes to show you that like the any given Sundayness of it a week after Yu beat uh, i young pretty badly he he loses pretty badly himself yeah. i don't know if he's still his brain is still stuck on last week's maze configuration that's possible, I guess, but really, like like playing magic labyrinth, you know I'm thinking like well, I got a pretty good memory. Um, this should be pretty easy for me to remember where all the walls are. And really it's a lot to take in like between where you're hitting walls and where your opponents are hitting walls and the, the board looks so similar everywhere. It's, it's actually really hard to remember where everything is. Like you get so focused on the the little piece that you're going for, like the one little path that you're going for that, um, you, you forget where everything else is. And in memory maze, like you are only going one way. So you only really have to remember the one path, but it helps you a lot. If you can figure out where your opponent has been going. Right, and that's the the other
1: thing is there is a little bit of that whole information, you know, exchange going on there. Mm -hmm. Not to mention, isn't there, like, a thing where you can, like, double your motion?
0: Yeah, once in the game. So you get to move three spaces in Memory Maze. You get to move three spaces on a turn or up to, you know, if you hit a wall, then your turn's over. But, yeah, I think at one point you get to go six spaces, which, like, basically as soon as you have a six-space path that you're planning on taking, you should use that right away. Like, there's no reason to wait for it.
1: Hmm.
0: Yep. So, um, yeah. And in uh, magic labyrinth, there's actually a die. It's a six sided die, but there's only four numbers on it. So there's a one, there's two twos, two threes and a four. I think the game's better if you just same memory maze rule where you just get to go like three spaces on your turn. Because, like, the slowest part of the game is, like, who's got the die? Like, who, who's rolling it? You know, what number is it? What do I right. So, you know, fine. Like, simplify it and make it three moves. That'd be my only suggestion if you're playing Magic Labyrinth. Yeah. But...
1: I mean, it seems to me I actually really want to pick up uh, Magic Labyrinth now. I, like, I feel pretty convinced. You should.
0: It's great. It's yeah. really good. And people will, like, like I've found with, again, to plug the Kickstarter, like I've found with Deduction and Racing Stripe, like, people who don't think they want to play a game with you will really enjoy playing it. So it's the same yeah. thing with, with magic labyrinth as it is with like deduction and, and racing stripes. So, um, it's, it's a game that's like, it looks, it's, it looks interesting. Like it's visually appealing. It's a lot of fun. Uh, games go, you know, pretty quick. Um, it, it, they start slow as you start learning where the walls are, but then it starts picking up steam. And then just as you're getting comfortable with, with how to navigate the board, the game's over and you reset the board and now you don't know where you are anymore.
1: Yeah sounds pretty fun
0: it's also a good game if you have too many if you have a game night there's too many people not everyone can play it together it's a good game for like winner stays and takes on the next challengers because the winner is gonna gonna have a completely clogged brain from where all the the walls were the previous time so it's a game where like even the best player is not going to be winning every single round because uh they're going to be making mistakes based on like where they've been and what the board has been in past rounds
1: okay yeah that sounds pretty interesting
0: so, uh, again, though, if you have that many friends, why not just play the winning street game, which is tons of fun? So, uh, yeah. Next up is monorail, which oh is, man, Oof. wow. Maybe uh, maybe the best deathmatch moment we get in four seasons yeah. of the show is the first time monorail is uh, played.
1: Yeah, I mean that. I mean, really, I I I know this game has a lot of detractors. This is as far as the entertainment value from that one particular match as well. as just, uh, I mean, I really love everything about this game. I mean, it's, it's it's strategically deep. Um, You know, there's, you know, there's, there's tactics to it. I mean, you know, full solution. I mean, you know, you said it was solved earlier. So you, you have a guaranteed win from turn one.
0: Uh, I Are believe that's correct, isn't it? The second player, so the second player has the guaranteed win as it's played on the Genius, where there's a two-piece starting or a two-piece station and then sixteen track pieces. Um, I believe
1: that no matter what player one does, there's always a response for every single combination of tiles that player one can play. That player two can always respond in a way that the game wins.
0: I believe that's correct with that number of tiles, um, I, I believe. But yeah, it is, that game is solved um, in the sense that, again, with perfect play. Like if you if you taught a computer the game, the computer okay. could, could beat yeah. you every time.
1: That, that, but that, not- that I believe. But, but has anybody come forward with this?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, as we'll talk about in a moment, like my version of it, uh, racing stripe, it has even more pieces, so there's even less you can do uh, to lock it up on the early turn. So there's even more variants, and it's it it's less of a game that that favors the player who knows everything perfectly about what to do.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna put it out there now. Like, if you have a full solution and you have proven it, like, I mean, like, give me a rigorous proof, then I'll be impressed forever okay because I, I i really wow. want to see big snakes really, yeah i really want to see it i mean i i think it can be done it's just nobody has nobody has come forward with it i mean we obviously well they weren't
0: been... incentivized like they are now Ian, that they're going to have your yeah, i mean
1: yeah i mean forever that, that being said a chaotic Ayak, um you know obviously i love what you know how he's explained it and i mean he's really put it in uh really pretty simple to digest terms i mean we they, believe
0: that's how that's how kyung-hoon learned how to play the game correct
1: I mean, it's the identical – I mean, it, if you pause it, it's the same exact move. I, I'm, I'm assuming so. I mean, Well, if, if you
0: we, play with the card – because I sent you this game as well. If you, I mean, if you play with the cards, the really neat thing uh, about that move is that that move specifically forces the track to go only one exact way. Like, all the other pieces have to be correct. in certain locations.
1: And that's what I've also found um, just through playing Racing Stripe or, or Venice Connection, uh, which, it's, which it's based on. Although Venice
0: yes, Connection, Venice Connection is not available. I, I actually bef- yeah, before I made the Racing Stripe cards, I was trying to find a copy of Venice Connection, and I couldn't, which is why, uh, why I designed Racing Stripe. Um, go- I, sorry, go ahead.
1: I do have a copy of Venice Connection on hand. Um, the only thing is Venice Connection, does the difference is it doesn't. Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, it yeah. has um I believe it's what 16 pieces total.
1: Yeah, there is no station. Um yeah. and it's 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 uh you know, I prefer with the station, yeah. Um by by a lot, actually. Um that being said, um, um I, I what I have found is that um although this is not correct in theory, I found that the person that forces the shape of the track from the start and then knows exactly what the track has to be just has a huge advantage just in that alone cuz you know yeah. how to play it
0: so the the learning curve for this game is like you have to be sort of like a generous opponent if you're bringing new people into this game because they're going to make a lot of moves that make it impossible and you're going to say well don't don't do that don't, don't do, do that. that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, that's fine. Like, as, like, again, I'd I love to play you in this game because you know what you're doing. Like, I, that'd be a lot more interesting to me. Um, but the the game is a lot of fun. Like, people pick it up. It's it's visually a lot of fun. It's very satisfying. Like, kids like just the thought of, like, building a track. Again, I I was showing it to Harrison, and I was playing uh, with uh, uh, with my dad, I think. And, and Harrison, like, brings his little toy car over and starts running it over the track. <laughs> so.
1: <Yeah. laughs> so... I mean, I, I will say... um Last uh, last school year in that week, uh, at the end, I had made just, like, cut up paper, um, you know, cardstock you know, card paper tiles, and uh, we had played it. It really became, like, a game that a lot of uh, my students really enjoyed, um, though I was always winning, um, but they really liked it. And I mean, it really, uh, at this point, like, the students I've introduced it to this year, it's really kind of become, like, a, a school classic, if you will, uh, with Racing Stripe.
0: Yeah. It, it's a lot of fun. Like with deduction. I mean, and also like with uh, like the magic labyrinth, like it's a game that people who don't think they want to play a game with you, who thinks they're, who think they're humoring you by playing a game with you. They like it. They want to play it again. You know? Yeah. And, and the problem I have with games a lot of times is I want to play games and other people don't want to play games. We're going to, I'm going to do a, a podcast with miles Nye um, in the next few days about the main matches. and We're going to talk about. the the jury game from Season 3, which is uh, very similar to a a game called Avalon, which is so much fun.
1: Resistance Avalon, yeah. Yeah,
0: and Miles and I all talk about that. But, like, it's it's such a great game, and it's so hard to to get a game going because, like, the only time that I have, you know, seven or eight people who could play it together in a room, half of them are, like, my in-laws and my parents who are, like, we don't want to play this game with you. Like, we're not interested in learning all the rules to this. So as opposed to, like, again, like, with deduction, like, you know, people – it's it's so much fun to like it's such such a simple game and it's it's you're trying to think the other person and it's, it's 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 so much fun for like these people who don't play games who don't think they want to play a game with you and then they're begging to to play more so
1: yeah i mean this this i mean the game it it really has gotten to a point i mean at this point where like i'm walking into the uh the room at like you know 7:30 a.m. And you know, by seven forty, 740, seven forty-five AM, some some group of students are like coming to the room asking to play it, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Uh, go to com slash games, T-H-E-G-R-E-A-T-S-C-O-T-T dot com slash games. Get your copies now because this may be your last chance to get Racing Stripe and Deduction. Uh, the Kickstarter ends on October 5th or 6th. And after that, you may never again be able to, to get these games. Um, now, the the other additions to Racing Stripe that I put in, I don't know if you played these versions. Um, the backs of the, of the starting line cards have bent tracks and uh, so you can do a different starting line. Now the counter rule to this, and I don't think we talked about this, but the counter rule to this um, that is in play is that if you do uh, a different starting line, the second player can't make a move that forces the win for themselves on their next turn. Um, does that make sense? Uh, say that again. So if, if you do, so instead of doing the two straight, straight start, track pieces right. as the starting line, if you do the curved starting line or a curved and a straight that the, um, the, sec- the first player to, to make a turn at that point can't make a turn that forces the win for themselves on their next turn. Interesting. Because otherwise there are certain alignments of, of the track when you do that that the second player, like the, the, the first move you make can force the win for you in like one more turn. But, oh, yeah. uh, but that's a separate thing. I mean, you can play the classic game and not worry about that, but that's, that's another twist is that you can change the way the starting line works and that changes it up. There's also some three-way and four-way track pieces. And when you play the three-way version which, uh, which, with the fork cards, each player gets one um, because uh, you, if you put in one three-way card you need the other one uh, or else the track becomes impossible. And that also changes it up a lot. Did you play with those three-way pieces?
1: That I did. Uh, I also pay, played with the uh, four-way intersection as well. What did you think of those? I mean, I thought that it really, I mean, I, I'll admit it, it really added a new wrinkle to it. And um, I was playing and I had realized uh, as I was playing it that for the first time in a long time, I was actually shitting bricks because I realized I was in a losing position and mm-hmm. counting on the other person to mess up, which they mm-hmm.
0: did. Yeah, they usually I, do, yeah.
1: But uh, I, was, I was actually quite nervous uh, playing it for the first time in a long time.
0: Yeah, the first time you play with, especially with the fork pieces, so the way that that variant works, each player gets gets one of those three-way forks, and you can only play your opponent's three-way fork if you're using it as the last card to complete the track, um, but the, the three-way fork cards, like, the first time you play with them, I find, like, usually players are playing them very quickly to get them out of their hand. Um, just, I don't want to think about how I might have to use this, but as it goes on, it really changes the strategy. It changes what might make the, the board impossible. So it adds a lot. And, and that plus the fact that racing stripe comes with extra, um, straight bent, like of the standard pieces. So in, in monorail, you get six, there's 16 of those pieces you can play. In addition to the starting line in racing stripe, there are 20. And actually the final version that we put out with the Kickstarter might include more. So if you'd like to play a more complex version of the game with more possibilities, um, uh, you, you may be able to do that. It's going to be at least though, at least 20 of those pieces. Um, it's, it, it just adds so much to the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it really is. I, I really like the racing stripe, uh, just having the more pieces just makes it more interesting as well. I mean a so, lot
0: more. So com slash games and it's uh, it's twenty five dollars for deduction and racing stripe. You get them both. Uh so uh so let's let's uh I think that's that's is that it for Monorail Do you want to talk more about the way the game actually plays out on the show as T V uh,
1: you know I would like yeah sure. Why don't we talk about that? The other one thing that I want to bring up, another reason that I really like Monorail is just I mean uh in both iterations like I said, this is a game that in season four, there was no rule change, obviously, but there was the aesthetic change. And I, I have to say the aesthetics of the tiles uh, in both versions, I mean, really knocked it out of the park. The art direction on these was amazing.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's really it's I, really neat.
1: really, really liked the way that the tiles looked. I mean, they're excellent.
0: Yeah, um, for sure. And, and of course we get like that, that incredible moment in the season three version of the game where Dongmin is in a losing position and, and he and Yeonju know it. And he just, he just plays his other piece. Like, all right, I'll just do this. And, and by all by, I think he was standing there for like close to an hour as Yeonju thought about what she was going to do next, not realizing she could declare it impossible.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I had read somewhere like 45 minutes and, uh, I mean, I I keep hearing that cited. as just, I mean, uh, that's really just, I mean, amazing. Uh, that yeah. that to me, there there are several. And they sold it
0: there. too with the with the Dongman death montage. Uh,
1: yeah, and I mean, uh, I will really admit. I mean that that moment was one of those where I like stand up and and pace around my apartment just because I am like, did I just really just watch that? I mean, that yeah. to me. That to me, I think that is my favorite moment in the show.
0: Yep, I can't wait. You know, my wife and I are on are on season three now. Like, she's watching it for the first time, and so uh, we're on, We've been going slow. But we're on season three, and we're just a few episodes away from it. And I, I I can't wait for that moment. I'm so excited because that's such a great moment in the show. That's one of those moments that like like just it, it's just so over the top. It's just so, it's so much better than like what you get on reality TV here in the states, um, Accepting the finale of season fourteen of Big Brother, which I'm told is even better but um <laughs> uh yeah like it's just it's, it's just fantastic um, yeah. and and it, you know it's not necessarily because it's monorail like it's more because it's dongman I guess yeah
1: and and, that, and that's the thing I mean really let's let's be honest here in season three uh when we're seeing monorail played it really is kind of like that whole like we just talked about like yeah, when one person really knows how to play it and the other person does it, they're going to do things where the person that knows how to play it is going to be like, yeah, d- don't do that, right? And the thing that we see when it's first played in Season 3 is that both of them are making those moves that are like, no, no, please don't do that, right? Um, and I think that's what just makes that actually really interesting is that we see like these just this blunder on top of blunder. And a lot of people use this uh, this Monroe game as a point to det- like the one moment uh, where Dongman really just like just completely whiffs right they they really like a lot of people that up until you know we had really definitive evidence that he was the goat everyone would point to this singular moment as like Dongmin is not the goat is and they would almost always justify it with this Monorail game however I really think that I mean the the, the thing that really sticks out to me is just I mean the fact that he was able to stand there for 45 minutes and keep it together. I mean, that to me almost speaks, you know, to how good he is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, like, I guess like going back and thinking about it, you know, because this game is the first time people play it, like the, they do miss some of the depth of strategy and to think that like the, that this could have been like, he could have been eliminated in this game in a way where like, it's just like a couple bad moves and he's out in this really simple way. Um, so maybe it's not the greatest TV unless you get a big moment. Like, although again, in season four, when we, when we see, uh, Jun and Yun Sung playing this game, uh, it's one move and done. Like Jun makes the first move. Yun Sung declares it impossible and he's wrong and it's over. Um, and they, they are pretty much able to make a meal out of that. So,
1: I mean, and I thought that was extremely interesting as well. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought that was a really interesting.
0: Death well, you're kind of, you're kind of sitting there watching it on the screen going like, like, no, no, it's not impossible. Like you're, you're good. You're good. Like, play yeah, on.
1: you know, I pause it and I walk over and I'm like, uh, yeah, wait. Like, no, it's not going to go up. Oh, okay. If I bend around, it's going to get there. Yeah. It uses all the tiles, but it'll get there. Yep. And, um, you know, and then you see it, it's impossible and it's like, you know, they have the same reaction and I did in the, uh, the dining
0: room. Yeah. So, um, but again, like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's in my top tier. So
1: it, um, it really is. Yeah. I don't I really, you know, the people that are knocking it for, uh, you know, it being solved, um, you know, come up with a nice proof and, and then, you know, we'll talk about it.
0: You come yeah, and, and aside from that, like, show me a practical proof, show me a practical proof for it. Um, and show me how that. You know, I, I, I suspect that it breaks down too. The more pieces you get, right? Like when you have more pieces, there's more possibilities. There's more. There's fewer ways for like an opening move to to force the track in such a specific way uh, to the benefit of the first player. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I guess yeah. I'm interested to see it too. Although I suspect I won't understand the proof because I've not looked at a mathematical proof in uh, in. How old am I? I'm going to be thirty two. Yeah, a long time. Well, just, it's been a long time. Yeah.
1: I mean, like I double. think I think for me, probably one of the reasons that I like this game so much is uh, during my uh, sophomore year of college in the fall semester. You know, I I picked up. Uh, I was in a game theory class at the time, and I was introduced to Nim. Although I had seen it on Survivor Thailand
0: previously. Um,
1: and then, yeah, uh, so that's
0: the game That's the game where you can take, like, what, one, two, or three pieces on your turn, and you want to get the last one, or you want to force your opponent to have the last one. Yeah,
1: correct, and, and it's also, it's, unless it's like the one in Survivor Thailand, it's played in heaps, where you can just, you can really take as many from one heap as you want, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And the person who takes the last one wins. And, you know, I was introduced to it through that, and then the professor said, you know, if any of you are mathematically inclined and are, you know, are in Calculus 3 right now and are, you know, would have that prerequisite, go ahead and take combinatorics and you'll find out a lot more about it. Well, I was in Game Theory at the time and I was also in Calculus 3 and I picked up uh, Camp, uh the book uh, Winning Ways for Your Mathematical Plays. Uh, or was it Mathematical Plays for Your Winning... No, no, no. It was Winning Ways for Mathematical Plays. And I read it, and I was like thoroughly interested in like the the way that really all these sorts of games that are impartial, um, meaning that players have the same set of moves available to them at any time, um, will are, are really always just Nim in disguise, right? That's that's the general idea: is that any game can be broken down into Nim. And I I found that very interesting. And I took combinatorics the next semester, um, and I mean it was a good class, but I mean the issue that I had was it was like you said, it's just mathematical proofs and there's really not much practical use for that. And it wasn't until I saw monorail years later that really that became full circle for me. And I was like, you know, this is really why I took those classes and it made me like that kind of thinking again.
0: Yeah. I was thinking about that too, because I took a computer programming class in high school. I took a couple semesters of that. And we had to design a version of uh, Nim. Is that, I don't even know what it's called until you just said that. But uh, yeah, um, and I used to also as a camp counselor because after I designed the computer game, uh, I I figured out the solution to the simple version that had heaps of three, five, and seven uh, match sticks or whatever. So right. uh, I, as a camp counselor, I would use it with my campers, and I could uh, I could always win or lose at my will. So um, so that it, you know, well, you guys want to like. Do this activity, all right? If someone could beat me at the at the game with the toothpicks, then you know, then we'll go do it. Um, so, <laughs> yeah,
1: I think I'm yeah. going to do that with monorail and like no homework for a month. I think I think that sounds good.
0: <laughs> I used to cheat at war too. In the the occasions that the campers would get me to play war, not to win. I mean, sometimes I'd win, sometimes I'd lose, but I would cheat at war just so that the game would end, just so that like someone would win because I'd <laughs> be playing war like on the bus to a field trip for for 45 minutes, 12 hours, whatever. yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, yeah. So, so. but monorail, so one of the monorail is a much more complex version of that, but like much more complex, right? Oh, yeah. Because, oh,
1: oh, absolutely.
0: Because in monorail, like there are so many more rules to where you can place the pieces.
1: Right. Well, I mean, the general idea with the way that I like to think of monorail in, in terms of NIM is that essentially in building the track, you're essentially deciding. What the the size of the heaps available are is yes. the way I think. Yes,
0: exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's a great game. Um, I I really enjoyed it, and uh, yeah, and, I mean, the, the, first the, then, I mean it, yeah. the first time they mentioned it, the first time they explained the rules, I thought back to like high school computer programming class, like oh, like this is very similar to that game that that I did, um, and it turns yeah. out Monorail is is a lot deeper than that. Fortunately. Yeah, I
1: mean, and and it and it. Yeah, exactly. That's where my mind went as well, was that, okay, well, if there's 16 tiles and you can play one, two, or three, you want to leave your opponent with four, right? Like, that's where my mind first went. Yeah, me too. Then uh, then I was like, okay, well, no, 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 because there's obviously a lot, you know, it's a lot more complex than that is. And that appeared, we saw the secret scene with uh, with Jinho and Sangmin playing, and you know Jinho thinks he has the solution, and t- really like that was actually the most hilarious uh, Monorail board er, that I'd seen in quite a while between the two of them. Where uh, like I've I've obviously thought a lot about Monorail, and I've come up with like different terms for different types of boards. And it seems like any sort of game that's really strategic is what I would call a compact board in which there's no like blank gaps. Right. uh, That are any larger than just one square, right? But I mean, the game that they were playing was just like hilariously not compact. Like there was just like gaping a hole right in the middle of it.
0: Right, right, right. And, And And
1: it was, I mean, there seemed to be no thought whatsoever. It essentially was what we were saying, where it's like, there's 16, leave your opponent with full four, basically. Right.
0: And it's it's traditional Jinho because he finished that game in second place. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, let's leave Monrail there. I'm sure we yeah. can talk about Monrail a lot longer. Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, but let's get on to betting black and white. Which is the uh, bastard love child of betting rock paper scissors and black and white two, and it was the game that the producers yeah, tried black to settle white, right? season four with. Or yeah, yeah, but black and white one. I'm sorry, it's the it's the game that the producers tried to to settle season four with, and I'm I guess in a sense I'm glad it didn't come down to that because this game's not that great. Yeah, that
1: I really I, I didn't find it to be really compelling or interesting. Not
0: gonna lie. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the easy solution based on the rules for betting is to just win the, you know, win as many chips as you can in the early hands and then fold, 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 because you got yourself enough chips that you're going to win the game. Yep. So that's it. That's all you got to do in that game. I mean, it's pretty, pretty
1: straightforward. Kind of hard to mess that up.
0: Not commercially available. Um, I suppose if you want to try it, like that's one that you, you don't need an extra person for because you set all your numbers ahead of time. So um, you can actually like reveal them when it's time to reveal them. You can actually show what you've played. So um, yeah. All right. Um, So that is it for new uh, matches in or no, I'm sorry. I take that back. We have, uh, yeah, we have same number hunt still to go, um, which is the, the improvement, I guess on same picture hunt, where you have the board of sixteen tiles and you get to buzz in and make math equations, which in the finale of season three, I thought was a lock game for Hyunmin. I was like, all right, well, that's it.
1: He yeah, wins. and and I yeah, I mean, at that point, we didn't know what a mathematical uh, beast Dongmin could be. I mean, this is uh, this game to me, it's pretty straightforward. Um, you know, I found it not terribly difficult.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you can remember where stuff. things are, I was surprised. I mean, to me, the strategy is. Um, as you have the board memorized, start buzzing in as soon as they start turning the card over with the number on it that you're aiming for, because, uh, you know, you're going to be able to get it. Like you, uh, Ian, like how long can it take you to figure out the the factors of 72?
1: Right. And the other thing you want to think about is, uh, you know, really only need addition and multiplication
0: for the most part yeah because most of the numbers that you're going to arrive at yeah i mean subtraction you have such a limited pool of uh of numbers you can get to by subtraction and especially division i mean division yeah, is the one you need by far the least
1: pretty pretty much certain that you could get by without division at all because i mean really you could just take any of the numbers that it, you know you any of the numbers that you would need really for division are going to be up there anyway so you can just multiply by 1
0: right 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 so um, yeah, you know, division's not that important, and I, I don't think we even had division on the board in the season four version of this game. But yeah, again, no, like, they
1: replaced it with that weird square root of x plus square root of y thing,
0: which didn't which come up I, at all. What a what a. Well, waste. it didn't
1: come up at all. It would have been worth two points. And the other thing is, I'm. It's also super limited in its scope because there were, if I'm remembering the, right, only like three possibilities that even could were up more in, uh, integer. What was it three or four that came? Oh yeah, three hundred.
0: Yeah, there was a nine, a four, and a one. But um, yeah. I, I was curious. One of the questions I asked when we did, reviewed that on the podcast, I was curious if you could uh, use like like negative three as the square root of nine, like as you were solving the equation. So if the number that came up, the number that came up was let's say uh, let's say one, right? You could do the square root of four plus uh, or the square root of one square root of four plus the square root of three, right? So you could say negative two plus three equals one. So I don't know if that would have worked, but um, uh, yeah, aside from uh, that, it didn't even come up in the playing of the, of the match.
1: Yeah, actually, you know, I, I would have loved to have seen if that was allowed. I mean, I, I was thinking that probably only, you know, you're, you're counting numbers there, but that's, oh, actually, explain it. Would a good point. I would have gone for it, it on the it. show and I would have argued. Yeah. With
0: yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, again, like th- this is a this is a better game for sure than same picture hunt. I think this is this is um, uh, because speed is a factor. Like in same picture hunt, yeah. if you memorize it perfectly, you have all the time you need on your turn to to think about it. But this, at least, you have to you have to have it memorized and you have to have quick access to it. So I think that's yeah. uh, more skill involved, uh, more skills, and more skill, and and that makes this the better game.
1: Yeah, and actually let's revisit same picture hunt really quickly. This would have been the final game in season one had uh Kyung ran won Gul Hap and, and made it one one. Uh, and I think it is worth noting that the one of the items there was um a peak where you, you basically got to see the board. The whole board? I, well, see that's we don't know what I guess me. I someone said that you could tell by the picture. I, I I'd have to go and look it up.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm always interested in that, Um, uh, especially, I guess, for season four, where Kyung Hoon would have had all the advantages for betting uh, black and white had that game come up. But, Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, I I guess that's interesting to know what the advantages would have been. Um, But that's a huge advantage.
1: You you can tell by the picture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, as as we've seen on The Genius, like the producers are not afraid to have some of those snow globes be worth a lot more than the others. Yeah. I mean look at uh look at the snow globes and truth detector that gave you an extra turn or that let you go first like between those two if you're playing the perfect binary strategy your opponent's basically just got to start guessing uh you know two rounds earlier right like your opponent's got to limit it down to like maybe eight possibilities and then take a wild guess um in order to yeah, beat Yeah
1: I mean if if you don't have the snow globes you really need the luck and you you know you kind of just have to take the the shot in the dark and say like you know is it less than three? You really like go in thirds rather than binary is really what you just have to do
0: in that spot. Right. You get it wrong and you're, you're toast. I mean, that's it, but yeah. Um, So, okay. So we like that. It's not, same number hunt is not commercially available. Um, So don't go, don't go looking or no wait, I take that back. Go looking. And if you find it, let me know. Um, But to my knowledge, it's not available and to chaotic IX knowledge, it's not available. So,
1: yeah, I mean, uh, I'm uh, currently forcing my grandfather to uh, build me a life-size set. Not really.
0: Yeah. I mean, you've got big brother money. You could just uh, you could hire someone to build one for you.
1: Mm, I don't have the space. <laughs> I
0: thought you were going to say I don't have the money anymore. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> All right. Um, so how do you, want do you want to, do you want to go through the modifications that we saw in season four, or do you want to start with the two new games we had in the finale of season four? Which would you rather talk about?
1: Let, let's just finish up the games. Let's go with the games. All right. New so we games. have
0: number janky and, uh, there's no perfect version of that. Like you can't play number janky exactly with something commercially available, but I think a lot of people noted the similarity yep. between this and Stratego.
1: Yeah. Clearly based on that. I mean, I mean, it obviously based on that, um, I haven't played it in years. Um, I did. I mean, granted, who knows how strong my opponents were, but I do remember having a knack for it. And, it, you know, this was a game I thought it was all right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's a game that, like, I think it's a, it's a good game. It's a very interesting game, but it just doesn't play that well on television. I think that's the biggest problem is that it's just too hard to keep track of so many pieces on TV. You know, Stratego uh, on our, on our last podcast, Mike and I talked about Stratego a little bit and he told me about the Stratego app for the iPad. So I downloaded it and I have not played full Stratego on there because they have, uh, like, uh, a quick game version of Stratego Mm -hmm. where you get a limited number of pieces. You get, you get a spy, a one, a two, two eights, two nines, uh, Two bombs, three bombs, two bombs, and, uh, and your flag. So uh, it's a limited number of pieces. The, you know, the game plays much quicker, um, and I feel like they were kind of going for that with number jangy, but maybe they needed a little more of the uh, of the simplify. Maybe take out uh, you know a bomb on each side and take out the five and the six, or I don't even know. I mean, I, I haven't thought this through. I'm just spitballing, but you know, there's got to be a way to simplify it a little bit more. Like you see, like the the perfect version of condensing a complicated game. I think that's, that's 12 Jengi where like you understand what's happening. You know, there's a lot to it, I guess when Dongmin and Hyunmin are playing at the end of season four, um, where it's, it's kind of hard to follow because you don't have bandage young, like explaining to you all the different ways that like, you know, that, that Dongmin is like trying to get Hyunmin stock or whatever, which you could add, but that's a much better, like distilled version of a complex game than uh, if you, if you just take, uh, you know, than than taking like number janky, which has a lot going on. You've got the minus yeah. lines, and you've got sometimes you add and sometimes you subtract. And again, I think it's a good it's a good game. It like it's a good. game that you could sit. Like again, like this this is in the pile of games that like Ian, I'd play this game with you. Like I would do this, but Perfect. it wouldn't be compelling television.
1: Exactly right.
0: So, um, yeah, uh, and uh, do you have anything else to add about number janky?
1: No, I thought it was interesting, but yeah, exactly. Not really great TV.
0: Yeah. Um, and then finally, the last new game we've we've seen is Mystery Sign, which seems Big fine. I, mean, I, I would have loved to have played this game. This is another one I would have loved to yeah, have played.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I I actually really liked it. I mean, I remember uh, I, I couldn't contain myself until I got home from work, so I just watched it during my off periods in the staff lounge, and people saw me just shouting numbers randomly at my screen and were looking at me.
0: Um, like is I that was odd crazy. for you? I feel like that's probably like normal.
1: No? Um, usually I'm like mumbling numbers while like mm. frantically writing them. But I mean, this was, uh, I mean, people were like, why is he shouting them today? What's going on?
0: So one of my one of my complaints with this game as it plays on TV, because I think it's a great game. It's a great game. Yeah. It's It takes a lot of genius-like ability to win this game. I want to see it's if not- you have the same complaint that I had yeah I don't think the players should be picking numbers I mean uh they they should be uh I, I, they should they should be simpler numbers right like it's the game's better if it's like four mystery sign five instead of I mean the eight billion number like I understand that snow globe is too powerful that dogman gets around where he can be wrong as much as he wants like that's too big an advantage um, so that's that but that's a separate problem that's not really a problem with the game that's a problem with uh, with the advantages that the genius is giving the players but uh, i I think like maybe they could have a drum and they could pull numbers out of the drum, so you you have like a limited set of numbers that can be picked so that it's easier to follow along at home if you don't have pen and paper as as I didn't at the time I was watching this
1: yeah i I did not use pen and paper as well uh I actually questioned that decision. The other thing I have to think about is uh i mean you know we had uh Kyung ran what claiming astigmatism or whatever with youulehap i mean. By the time there was that like billion or trillion digit number up there on the screen, I mean, phew, good luck with that.
0: Yeah, that's tough. I mean, they they could have put even if they're not like severely limiting the number of choices, they could say like the number can't be more than three digits or or whatever. I mean, I don't I yeah. I don't think the game loses very much if you do that. Yeah, I um, don't either.
1: I mean I thought that there was I thought it was a, a very elegant game. I really enjoyed it. I yep. think one thing that, that I was kinda of thrown by and it did, did bother me a little bit is that um, they they eventually went for essentially non-mathematical operations and it was just like setting a number next to another. That, that didn't sit well with me. I think if we had kept it to like, you know, mathematical operations or like they did like greatest common denominator, or least common denominator, whatever it was. I know, disagree. That, that, uh, okay. Yeah, I disagree.
0: I mean, I think you have 11 rounds of the game. Most of them are math-based, but I do like the thought that like it takes – it takes that lateral thinking, it takes that creative thinking ability that it's not just who's better at math. I mean, um you, you get plenty of the who's better at math thing in that game, but I, I don't want one of the games of the championship round of the genius to just be a, a math contest, like yeah. that, like designed by Hui Jong or whatever. You know, I want I want uh, I do want that creative element to it. And as much as I was rooting for Kyung Hoon, like how impressive is it that Dongman was, was solving it me. It
1: was it was very impressive. I I will give it that. So
0: Um, I don't know if the producers ever thought that a round would get to the full 16 operations and and have to be chucked in the trash, Uh, but we never even got close. Dongman was was too good. Yeah, he he was great at it. So, um, yeah. Uh, So those are all the distinct games that we have uh, as death matches on the Genius. That's a total of 23 games we've talked about so far. I want to talk about a couple of... um, Uh, a couple of the the changes they made to some of these games for season four. And let's try to get through these uh, kind of, kind of quickly. We talked about in betting rock, paper, scissors, scissors, uh, and and I don't want I don't need to talk about like the aesthetic changes like the new the new pictures in the monorail tiles or the yeah. the change to the board and tachly just, just, like, yeah, yeah. just
1: gameplay changes just
0: gameplay changes in betting rock paper scissors that now you can bet on the draw um, that's a that's a huge that's change that's a much needed change they clearly adapted based on what happened in that death match in season three I mean the game was fine without it like it was it was okay but th- this made it really strong
1: yeah I agree so,
0: um. Yeah, it's a good move. It it changes the leveling war a little bit. Um if you can predict a draw, good on you, you're you're gonna win a lot. And if you have the balls to to go for a draw, um and under the the presumption that your opponent's not gonna not gonna guess it because why would you pick it? Um then good for you. So
1: yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Um let's see, we saw we talked about the change in same number hunt with the, the square roots. Uh not not great. Indian poker, were there any changes to Indian poker?
1: Uh, that was an aesthetic change. The cards look slightly different. That's sure,
0: a- and you get a fixed number of chips instead of having your chips based on garnets, which we didn't talk about earlier, but that was a, a really big flaw. Uh, to yeah, the- yeah, it wasn't it, kind yeah, I mean, yeah. I, so in my opinion, like the if you wanted to use garnets to determine the chip distribution, like let's say let's say you had a hundred chips total, right? So yep. half the chips are distributed equally, so you each get twenty-five, and then of the other fifty, those could be distributed based on garnet ratio.
1: I actually like that a lot. No, so, that's really nice.
0: Yeah, so if you have four garnets and your opponent has has six garnets, then he's going to get thirty of those extra chips. So he's going to start with uh with a. 55 to 45 advantage. And so that's not like insurmountable, even 75, 25, like you have a chance. Um, yeah. Although it, it would have sucked in season two when g led Jinho, I think one garnet to zero. Was that right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Getting infinity more chips. That yeah. would
0: be, well, it would have been, it would have been that 75, to 25 lead. I, but I, again, I know. knowing the players and how, how they actually play the game, we know they would have evened it up and someone would have given yeah. one garnet and they would have played it straight up. So, yep.
1: That's fine. Pretty fun. Uh, I like that idea.
0: Um, same picture, hunt. We we saw the change where the, the – it became like – because the players were so good at remembering everything, it just became a coin flip uh, with the changes that you were further away from falling off the conveyor belt, um, which which was the main change. The players started at the same point on the conveyor belt instead of the person with fewer garnets being two spaces back. So Yeah,
1: I mean, I have a suggestion uh, for this uh, if they ever do an American version. Um, you know, if it were put on MTV like there was that rumor, I mean, I think a strip variant might be in order.
0: Oh uh, Yeah, yeah. Like, th- th- were there rumors that the genius was coming to MTV?
1: There, there was like some like vaguely genius sound casting, genius sounding casting call for something on MTV. I don't know ever what became of it, but I mean, it seemed it like it became keeping up shit. with the
0: Kardashians. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, right.
0: Well when they finish making the you know some, some minor production tweaks, sure it's never gonna be exactly the same, but it's it's close. If you like one, you'll like the other.
1: Oh, kill me.
0: <laughs> um yeah, uh well let's hope MTV like I'd rather not have it than have MTV have it, I guess. I, I,
1: to be honest, I don't want it to be picked up in the United States. The wow. more and more I think about it.
0: You're such a King Solomon. Like don't don't cut the baby in half. Like give leave the baby in South Korea. It's okay. Yep yeah no i'll take I'll take half a baby i guess I mean not literally but like the genius baby of no i like i like my baby she's good we'll keep her how you know how she is yeah. she'll get bigger right. i guess but yeah um so <laughs> um yeah, no. She like uh, like scratches her face with like her fingernails that she can't control, and it's like a like a major uh, tragedy. And so <laughs> let's <laughs> let's uh, let's keep her gloves on, her little mittens on, and let's keep her let's keep her healthy. Um, yeah, yeah. So same picture hunt changed. Uh, Gilhap they changed like the pictures on the cards. Ooh, big aesthetic change. There. Yeah, aesthetic. Yeah. Which is fine. Actually, that that did affect the gameplay a little bit. I think it rattled Kung because she had probably been practicing on the cards or the you know the pictures um, that they'd used previously on the yeah, game, no. So even though it's aesthetic, aesthetic, I think it did affect gameplay in that sense, even though it makes really no difference in terms of how you play that game.
1: Right. And actually I will say that the online app uh, of, uh, of you I found to be much more difficult than e- any of the times it was played on the show. Um, simply because the backgrounds on the online app were also red, yellow, and blue, which I often had a hell of a time keeping straight for some reason. Whereas with gray, white, and black, I found that it was just exponentially easier. Like the uh, the black mission in uh, season three, I mean, that was a piece of piss, if you will.
0: Meaning it was challenging or meaning it was easy? Extremely easy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I agree. Um all right, so that's Gilhap. Uh, Quattro, some big changes to Quattro. You're not playing with other players. You're playing with virtual players, and there are certain rules for uh, which card the virtual player is going to give you. This was so much better than old Quattro, like just such a better game. It's still not a great game. Like, it's not great, yeah. but mm-hmm. so much better than old Quattro. It,
1: it, it, it had some charm to it.
0: hmm yeah. Um, and uh, we finally we finally had like the physical manifestations of our friends who've been demonstrating the games for us for all these seasons. So it was nice to see them finally get in the game.
1: Yeah, really. uh, I I did find it funny that they had finally made one that seemed to represent Choi Jung Moon's haircut in uh, the election game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was actually finally just appears in the episode in season four after she's eliminated.
0: Yeah, my, my joke was that uh, since since one of them was wearing sunglasses that they were honoring Yunkyo.
1: Yeah, right?
0: Yeah. Um, all right, and then double-sided poker, we talked about the odd even cards. Um, and 12 Jangi was best out of three, which was also a good move because of the advantage you have going second. So, um, yeah. uh, Let me ask you
1: this. How would you have felt if there was a clock added to Monorail?
0: Um, I would feel good about that. And I, th- I would agree. think I think Yonju would have felt even worse, but I would have liked it.
1: <laughs> uh, fair ups then. Yeah. But I,
0: I don't think it has to be a short clock. Like, some of these games, you, the-, the clock's got to be short. I think the clock for Monorail can be five minutes just because there's a limited number. Like, the most turns you could have, there's there's 16 tiles, so you're never going to have more than 16 turns. So, you know, that you can set the upper limit for how long the game's going to take as opposed to a game like 12 Jengi where you could go on for hours and hours. If uh, Well, yeah. it probably won't, but it could. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I think it's a good idea. I,
1: I always, I always find it interesting. And and that's the thing is, um, you know, we always say, yeah, the better player is going to win Monroe and that's fine. You know, that's actually a good thing. I was thinking a good clock uh, on there would be like two minutes. I think that would be enough, but you know, like, you know, you can't just yeah. sit there and just plug away at it. I
0: like it. Um, yeah, I and also also true. you have to figure out if it's impossible quicker. Like like I, I yeah. wonder how long Yun Sung took before making his terrible declaration of impossible mm-hmm. uh in season four. And who knows? Maybe he would have he would have been lacked the confidence and he would have just made a move at that point. Yeah. I, I and,
1: and you know, I, I always you know, I play the backgammon and I think one of the things that came up at a tournament, you know, there's always this debate, oh, should backgammon be played with the clock, blah, blah, blah. And the thing is that the the top players in the world, the Japanese, um, another gentleman had said that like when you're playing with the clock with, you know, the, the short time delay on there, um, the Japanese, uh, players that are really at the top of the, they're really not that much better than you because the, what really gives them their advantage is They really do sit there and think about the moves like for a long time before they actually go. Yeah. Um, so
0: for a lazy person like me, I'd much rather have the clock in that case because I don't want to sit there and think about all the possibilities every single turn.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Cool. All right. So that is it. Those are the games, um, which is, it's, I'm glad we're through that because uh, we are now eight and a half hours into this podcast. <laughs> so well, what
1: would it be? Like what? 45 minutes, an hour?
0: Uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so you want to break down the best and worst uh, death matches. And then after that, we'll talk about a couple of other games that we've uh, we've set aside as being potentially good deathmatch games if you're playing your own like genius game at home or you're looking for just yeah. something else to play. So let's start with the worst. Let's crown the best game next, but let's start with the worst. And the games that I have on my short list here, and since there's only 23 games total, I guess it's not that short a list. Uh, I have one of the seven games on the worst list and six on my best list. So that's more than half the games uh, between these two lists. Uh, and I guess everything else is in the middle. But on my worst games list, in no particular order, I have Winning Street Game, The Image Game, Laser chess, the blackout game, truth detector, uh, the Indian poker variant that uh, where Yoonji got eliminated, and Sun Moon Star. So, I'm going to start by I'm going to cross laser chess off here. I don't think that's the worst, yeah,
1: that, that's definitely not the worst. And I, I would also be uh, very hesitant to say Sun Moon Star is, is worse than any of those uh, listed,
0: okay. And I'm going to say truth detector is not worse than some of these, like, it's not good but I don't think it's that bad. Um, so that leaves us with winning streak, the image game, the blackout game, and the Indian poker version that, that Yoon-G uh, was eliminated on.
1: Mm, okay. Uh...
0: So I know, what I, I know what I think, but... Um, uh, what do you so, think
1: is the absolute worst?
0: So I think the best of these four, again, is probably the blackout game, and I'm, I'm saying that just because we have so little to go on with that game. Like, I, I think Dewey made a terrible move that, that busted him on that game. So we didn't get to see what could happen um, in the blackout game. So
1: I, I I feel like that's decidedly not the worst. So, so I'm with you there.
0: All right. So I'm going to cross that off. So uh, we'll say that as the number four worst game, the blackout game, the um, I got to say the image game is probably the third worst. I think that the winning streak and the Indian poker version where, where Yunji was eliminated are probably both worse than, than the image game. The image game is one of those popularity contest games, but like both players could be doing the same thing sort of. And, and there's different things with the betting and they wound up increasing the, bet. I don't, there's a little more to it. I feel like so,
1: I, and, so. And you know, I, I do feel like it did give us uh, see here's the thing. Now I'm, now I'm venturing into the territory of was the game, like, did it bring us moments And that's really where I'm coming. Because I'm like, do do we relate the Garnet heist to winning streak? Which then immediately removes it from from being the worst of all time, right? I mean, how are you evaluating
0: this? No, no, I'm just in terms of like... like both the games in terms of like potential, in terms of like how it does play out when you have real people playing it, and in terms of like how deep it is strategically, okay. or is it just a total crapshoot? Um, which is which is why I think the Winning Street game is the second worst game. The Winning Street game... I would tend to agree with you. The okay. Winning Street game is bad, but we do get some moments out of it. There is, as we talked about at the top of the podcast, there is some leveling that you can do if you think someone is trying to betray you. Um, yeah. and so as bad as it is, I don't think it's as bad... As the Indian poker version that Yunji uh, was eliminated on, because that was just torture. Like you knew what was happening. There
1: was yeah, no there, was, there was nothing she could have done. I mean, it just. And we're just an watching. Chance. it
0: so slow. Like you're just you're watching her. Like like she's in the pot of water as it's boiling. Right. Like you're just, there's nothing. There's no strategy you can do to counter when your opponent has perfect information. We, you just have to sit there and take it and and lose and that's it. I mean, that's that's yep. all. You know. So that That to me is the absolute worst deathmatch game. Do we agree on this bottom four in the order?
1: i I do. I mean I, to me the poker Eunji's poker game is that there's there that was probably one of the lower points
0: in the whole series. Can you separate that from the fact that you had a crush on Eunji, or is that all connected in your mind?
1: Oh, I can absolutely separate it. You put any player in there, and it's not the fact that it's her. I still think it's complete
0: Poo. Yeah, it was bad. All right. So here's here's the six games I set aside as potentially the potential the best.
1: Let, let me let's be real here. I mean, I'm certainly not rooting for her to win, you know. <laughs> I mean, like the fact that it was her that got to learn like I, you know, I could cure less.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. No, she was not very good at the genius, but um, you know, the lots of people weren't very good at the genius. So here's here's the six games I have set aside for the best. And you tell me if I'm missing anything that belongs on this list. I don't know that these are necessarily the six best, but here we go. Uh the the best the best death match is on this list somewhere, so we'll figure that out. I have black and white, black and white 2, betting rock paper scissors, Monorail, Memory Maze and 12 Jongi. Mm-hmm. Am I missing a game that that should be in this tier that is not?
1: I feel like you Hap should be there and I feel like Betting Rock Paper Scissors uh
0: should not. All right. Well, I, I don't know that Gil Hap is that strong, um, uh, largely because of the problems involved in. Uh, oh,
1: um, yeah, that's fair.
0: In holding back to to call Gil, so so uh, that's fine. I'll I'll add it to my short list here, but I'm also going to eliminate it from the potential best game, and I'll take betting RPS off there as well. And I think probably memory Memory Maze has to come off that list too.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, to me, I, I really feel like Memory Maze. Uh... You know, uh, it, it should have been on season four. I'll say that now. It should have
0: yeah. been. There. Sure, sure. Um, I'm on board with that. Um, I, I, man, I think this top two is going to be, uh, well, we'll get to it. But I, I feel like um, Monorail and 12 Jongi as games that at least could be solved uh, probably are not the best death match that we've seen on the show. As games that could be solved. I mean, mon- I, I love them. I think they're great. Um, Twelve jangy is is probably too hard for some people to follow as it's played on the show. Um, so I would I would probably put that in the four spot. And I, I for me I would put monorail at number three.
1: So we have betting. So so we have, sorry not betting. We have black and white variances one and two.
0: I think black and white and black and white two are the two best death matches.
1: And you know I'm actually gonna I, my favorite game to play is certainly mon unreal but yeah. i would say that as far as just just the uh, i would say my favorite death match just in concept throughout is black and white too
0: and see i think it's for me it's black and white one which i just think is a simpler cleaner version of it it's it's a leveling war there is there's depth of strategy to it but it's so simple it's it's nine tiles you know uh white and black and and uh you you pick yours your opponent picks theirs and and just the higher one wins The you know black and white 2 is a great game i mean it's it, for me it's number 2 but there's more to it with the lamps and with uh, you know black and white being single versus double digits uh, and all that so i, I like I, th- I think it's a really great game so but you i think, think the
1: purity yeah. if you of black and white push exactly it I mean, I, I can buy that to an extent. I don't know. I, I really, I am going to try to put up the argument for black and white too. I just feel like it's the superior game, but I mean, really, I mean, at this point we're just splitting hairs. I feel like.
0: Yeah. And you know, it's, it's pretty incredible that, that, that one of the two best death matches the show has seen. And I, I don't, I think it's, it's pretty clear. These are the two best games that one of them wasn't even a death match in season four. Oops.
1: Yeah, and and again, like I say, it's like if you have the one black and white there, do you need to have the other one there? But I mean, we saw betting black and white in the finale. I mean, granted, that does play a whole lot different than the other two. Wouldn't but it have been better granted, if
0: black and white two in the finale? I mean, they still, I guess, well, wouldn't have gotten. How do to you it, power but... that up? What do you mean? How do you how do you uh, give the advantages? You mean?
1: Yeah, I mean, what, what are you giving advantages for in that game? How are you doing it? Hmm.
0: That's an interesting question, but no, I'd almost rather it's
1: not there in my mind. I'd feeling. almost rather do
0: it pure. I'd rather do all the advantages for the other games. And if that's the third and deciding game, I would let that game speak for itself with no advantages.
1: All right. Then, then I can accept that. So, that then I agree.
0: Okay. Um, yeah, I can't, th- I mean, just generally the concept of advantages, like I get that, that lets you bring back the eliminated players and it adds that social component to who's going to win the season. But I, from a pure gameplay perspective, I'd rather not have any advantages in the finale. I'd let. I'd rather let them play it straight up and whatever games the producers have picked for them.
1: And that I agree with, but I, I also feel like having like the jury vote, so to speak, has its charms.
0: Sure, sure. I guess I would. I would give them less power or I would make the, like I would make the power more consistent amongst the snow globes because they've had problems with some of them being more powerful than others to like an unfair extent. Like again, with the don't lose any points snow globe that Dongman drew in uh, mystery sign. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, I hear, I think black and white too is an outstanding game, but for my money, like black and white, I think is, is the best to me. Okay. So if it's the one place our list is going to diverge. I'll, I'll take black and white. You take black and white too, but either way, they're both, they're both outstanding games really are. So before we wrap up, I do want to mention a couple other games that when I played them, it made me think like, Hey, like they sh- they should be doing this in season five. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the first, the first game is called Nia N I Y a commercially available. Um, have you played Nia? Uh, spell it again. N I Y a. Uh, I've not played it. Go ahead. So it's got like a like a Japanese like uh like like Kill Bill like the garden in Kill Bill with uh Oren Ishii or whatever, like I don't what the term is for that. I mean it's not bloody. Um but it's kinda like that kind of theme. But I'll try to explain it because this is a game you could play with like with playing cards, with sixteen playing cards, oh, yeah. eight pennies and eight dimes would be all you'd need mm-hmm. to to play this game. Um imagine you have the ace two, three, and four of each of the four different suits and you shuffle them up and you deal them face up into a four by four grid, right? So Mm -hmm. the first row of the grid might be three of spades, two of hearts, three of diamonds, ace of clubs, whatever. Okay. So, so all the, all those 16 cards are out in that grid. And uh, the first player picks a card, they take the card and they place their marker down. So let's say you're the penny. So you pick up the ace of spades or let's say you pick up the two of clubs and you put your penny down. So since you pick the two of clubs, the next player must take a card with either a club on it or a two, Uh, any card with a club or a two, and they pick it up and they put down their card. So let's say they take the four of clubs. So now you've got to pick a card that has either a four or a club on it. So now you take the four of hearts. So now they've got to take a card with a four or a heart on it and so on and so forth. The first player to make either a row of four horizontally, diagonally, or vertically, or to make a, a two by two square with all of their marker in it is the winner and uh, you also win if you your opponent does not have a turn to make so if you take like the three of clubs but there's no more threes and there's no more clubs on the board then your opponent loses the game so uh, does that does that make sense Sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's a really cool game.
1: game. I just I I can't think of the name of it right now, and it's driving me
0: insane. (laughs) So Nia, Nia, uh, I was introduced to me at Cafe Mox in Seattle. Which, if you're ever in Seattle, Cafe Mox is awesome. It's like a like a pub that's connected to a huge game store, and they let you play the games when you're in the pub. Like you, you're like you go to the game store. You're like, hey, can I get a two player game that's this and this and this? And they're like, hey, try this game. And so you go play that game while you're, you're eating your, your, sand, your club sandwich and your, your, like, craft beer or whatever. Mm. And then you come, you trade it in, you get a different game. And so it's, it's really great. So this is a game that, that I found there. And they described it as sort of like Connect Four meets Tic-Tac-Toe which undersells it. Uh, Nia is really fun because you're shuffling the cards. Like the game's never the same for any given alignment of cards. You know, when you're actually playing the game, the, the box version, the commercial version, you get like 16 little tiles that have uh, artwork on it. So like one might have like a bird and a, and a purple flower. Um, so then on your next turn, and the next person has to find another one with either a bird or a purple flower, whatever. Um, but uh, it's, uh, um. I lost my train of thought. That'll happen in like hour twenty seven of the podcast. But it's it's a it's a really um it's a really fun game. Like it's 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 different every time. Like the way the cards come up, I think is what I'm trying to say was the cards come up randomly. So like for any given arrangement, there there is a solution, like there is a best play to make where you can lock in the win, huh. I'm sure. But on the fly, you're never gonna figure that out. You know, like you, you're gonna start figuring out the end game about midway through. As far as like, all right, if I go here, they've got these choices and this, and this, and this. But at the beginning, there's so many different paths the game could diverge on that you're never gonna figure out. I mean, realistically, you'll never figure out on the first couple of turns where the right move is. So I think this would be right. a great death match.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it would be a
0: good one for sure. Do you have um, any any games to recommend, or should I should I do my second one?
1: I actually have, uh, yeah, I have one that I think would be cool. Great, uh, Twixt. Okay. Um, that's another by Alex Randolph uh, who is the gentleman who came up with Venice Connection. Uh it's an abstract strategy game. Um it's like kind of like this weird sort of like line collecting. I'm not really sure how to describe it. I've only played it once, but uh the the general idea is that you want to try to like make a like chain link of pegs using like this peg hole board um that connects basically one side of the board to the other it's it's really interesting uh you kind of like think like blockbusters in a way like how that game show worked where you're trying to go from one side to the other one um and you're trying to come up with ways by linking like basically uh, like sticks in a way from one pig to another where you have to leave your opponent some way through but you want to get to the other side before they do Mm mm-hmm
0: yeah, okay, so I'm looking at the Wikipedia page. Yeah, designed by Alex Randolph, and they have a list of all the uh, world champions of the game. And the 1997 first world champion of Twixt is Alex Randolph. So congratulations, Alex Randolph, on being the champion the first year that no one else knew what this game was.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's really not much better than me claiming that I'm the best monorail player in Texas.
0: Actually, I think I can see now why. Um, so the, the contest went 97, 98, 99, and then they, they didn't resume it again until 2011. And I think the reason why he didn't he hasn't won recently is probably, and I don't want to speak out of, out of turn here, probably because he's been dead for 11 years.
1: Uh, yes, he actually died in 2004, apparently. Yes,
0: yeah. So um, uh, so he probably won't win next year either, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, and then I have one more um, uh, that, I, that I like. This is a, like a simpler, um, you know, it looks like a kid's game, but I think it would work uh, in the same school as Gil Hap. It's called Spot It. Have you played Spot It?
1: That one does sound familiar,
0: so please. So it's, uh, it comes in around 10. Um, and you get these these circular cards and each card has like seven or eight different images on it and there's different versions of spot it there's some for kids that have like letters on them or whatever but uh the different images so so it's like eight different images and then on any two cards within the pack i don't know how many cards are in the deck let's say let's say there's like 50 cards any mm-hmm. two cards will have exactly one common picture between them Oh, and the pictures are different sides. And because the card is a circle, they could be oriented differently. They're in different places. It's not like, it's not like if you have the eight of spades and the eight of diamonds that the pips are in the same place with mm. spot it. Um, some of the pictures are bigger, or smaller. They're not all in the same positions relative to yeah. each other on different cards. So you never know where to look. And it's, it's much harder than you think to figure out which of the, the seven or eight uh, pictures on this card is the same as one of the seven or eight on that card. Because, you know, there's, there's uh, what 49 or 64 different, uh, I can't remember seven or eight pictures on the card, but 70, 49 or 64 different pairs that you sort of have to check out. And they don't look exactly the same because one of the, the one on this card, the way you're looking at it, it might be vertical. And the one on this one might be diagonal and that one is big and this one is small. And so it's, it it's really tricky, but Um, it's the visual element of it. And I I feel like that would be another really good one. And you can play that one in a group too. It's called spot it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: It sounds like it would be a really great game.
0: So uh, do you have any others?
1: Um, I actually do. I just need to remember what it was. So do you have any more?
0: Uh, I don't, but I do want to do a quick shout out for a game called uh, Rhino Hero or Super Rhino. I've seen it. I've seen it labeled both ways. It's a German-based game, um, and uh, you uh, you take turns like building a, a straight up vertical card house. Uh, and but there's some twists where like there's this little wooden rhino figure that sometimes you have to like the player has to place it higher up in the tower. And um, it's 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 a lot like the uh, the card towers that you see like in, in Survivor South Pacific, like in the challenges on Survivor where they're mm. building the tall card tower. It's like a straight vertical card tower, but you can build it pretty high. Like the cards are designed to go up and that is like surprisingly really fun to play, even though it's such a simple game. So it's not, a, it wouldn't make a good death match, but it's fun. And I, I, you know, check it out.
1: Yep. Uh, yeah. I actually do remember the game now. Um, and uh, I actually think this is a fun one because I think it actually could be pretty easily sold. Um, as a game or like a continuation or like a modification of a game, you could almost easily, I feel like, call this uh, Monorail 2. And that is uh, Waterworks, the card game. There is some random chance involved, but, I mean, we see that in other games like uh, the poker variants and things like that, Quattro, obviously. Um, So what that basically is, it's kind of like Monorail in which you're essentially trying to... Connect your own sort of monorail type board uh, from one place to another and you're drawing cards in which you can basically like force your opponent to have to take like a more difficult route to get there uh, or like perhaps like breaking their track in some way uh, it's a little bit difficult to explain given that it's you know very much a, a picture game, but I feel like this would be something called like monorail race or something like that. Easily
0: get away with it. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking at some pictures of it and it, it does look neat. Yeah, it looks like it's been around for a long time too. This is something um, when I was designing Racing Stripe, I played it with a friend. He's like, oh, I've seen something like this before. And I said... Oh really? He's like, yeah, yeah, and he figured I was Waterworks, so I went and looked it up, and oh. yeah, it is. I mean, it is a very different game. Like, it visually, it's it's similar. Um, so, it, yeah, I guess you probably would design it if you're the genius. You design it as like Monorail Two or whatever. But yeah, it's it, like visually, like just the the square cards. Or I don't know if they're square actually. I think they're, they're rectangular. Um, they're rectangular, but uh, yeah, like just the, you're connecting the pipes on the cards. It, there is there is like a similar visual element there which is kind of neat yeah
1: and i think it would be perfectly fine like at first i was like "Mm, i don't know about the random chance but then i was like you know that's present in quite a lot of games so yeah for sure um that being said um the other one that i i had thought of and this actually came up as a joke um uh but uh 3d chess
0: Okay, I gotta look this up now. 3D, a
1: little bit of a simplified version of it. Perhaps we could have like 3D Jongi or 12 Jongi or something. But um, I feel like that would be an interesting game.
0: All right. So how does does it work? Like, what's the what's the quick summary of 3D chess?
1: Well, there's there's several different variations of it. I think the Star Trek one is the most like commonly heard. But I mean, you're basically playing chess on like this strange looking three dimensional board um, in which the pieces can move like instead of it just being in flat. Like you know, rooks can move. You know, down right, down, uh, forward, back. You know, things basically. Neat. does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of it. It's uh, so it looks like it looks like you have some four, like uh, three four by four boards, and then uh, four two by two. Boards and so I guess you can move from like level to level with the uh, with the pieces. Right is the idea. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. um Yeah, you probably do have to simplify it. I'm guessing it just it looks and it, it does look very complex. Looks complex. It looks complex. Compl- not that it's a bad game, just that it it might need some tweaking to work as a as a game on a TV show.
1: But and and that's the thing is I'm sure that they would be able to do that. Like I feel like this is something that I mean I'm sure that if they were to sit down and say hey 3D 12 junky or 3D you know, whatever they want to call it, or you know, yeah. how about you know, I don't know what they would call it, but you know, something like that. I level like, Jongi. yeah, Level is Jongi, something like that. I'm sure it looks like.
0: Also, it. it's got it's still got 64 uh, squares on the board, so that's that's neat. That's, that's consistent with regular chess. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea. I, I guess you got to develop it. I don't know anything about this game, but um, you know, for a TV show, it's it's got the right look. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. All right, so before we wrap up, do you have any other closing thoughts on death matches from The Genius?
1: Uh, no, I feel like we've covered them all.
0: All right, yeah. Well, I, I mean, uh, we certainly got into plenty of detail, and uh, it, was, it was a real pleasure getting to talk about it with you, uh, Ian Terry. Um, you want Anything you want to plug or talk about? You want to give everyone your Twitter handle?
1: Yeah, we'll go with uh, at Tulane. Terry, that's Tulane like the school and not like uh, intersecting roads.
0: Very good. I'm at who is Scott Green, Mike, uh, who, uh, I believe, uh, as, as we continue on this podcast, he is now at a different wedding from the one we started the podcast on, but not the second wedding. I think it's probably the fourth or fifth wedding from when we started this podcast. Uh, he is at Michael Botta B O T T A. And, uh, please, please, please. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, if you enjoyed games from the genius, please go to the Kickstarter, thegreatscott.com, great dot T H E G R E A T S C O T T.com slash games. And you'll go to the Kickstarter for $25. You can get racing stripe and deduction. They're really great. And remember, um, if you, if you don't have it, do it right now, right now, go to your computer and do yeah. that. Because if you don't get them in the next couple days, um, uh, it expires on October 5th or 6th. I don't remember exactly. You'll, you'll never be able to get them. So get them now, go do it right now. Really appreciate it. Uh, if you do that for me and also please share that Kickstarter on social media, we're trying to get it fully back so that you can get those games. So uh, thanks so much, everybody, for Genius Cast with Scott and Mike, except not Mike. Uh, I'm Scott. He's Ian Terry. Ian, it's really been a pleasure. Thank you so much. We'll yeah, talk really to you next time. We're, uh, we're expecting to talk with Miles Nye in the next few days about main matches, and uh, we're, still, we're still working on getting an interview with one of the contestants from the show. So uh, we will update you as we learn more about that. Thanks so much, everybody. Have a great one. Bye-bye.